find the baller. My life is more than money and money. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from playing sports to exotic whips. Ain't gotta tell me, dog. I know I'm the shit behind the baller. My life is more than money and journey. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from music exec to this podcast. Now I finally feel at home at last. Behind the baller. Yo, 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 we have arrived. BTB Posse. This is episode 100. Yes, we have reached a century in episodes. Fully independent. We fucking did it. I am so blessed. Um, I cannot express my gratitude to those who have tuned in each week in every episode since episode one. Uh, Three years ago, I didn't even know what a podcast was. And with the help of a man named Michael Rappaport and his crew, the Dust Brothers, a.k.a. Jordan Winter and Miles Davis, we turned an idea into something iconic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's get this motherfucking show started. Ben Bowler made the pod. Ben fucking Bowler. A hundred episodes of Flames committed professional podcasting. What the fuck can I say, Ben Bowler? You did it. Keep doing your thing. You're kicking ass. As always, per usual, you always kick ass, whatever you do. You're a baller. You're Ben fucking baller. Okay, Ben Baller made the chain. Ben Baller made the fucking podcast. My man, 100 fucking fantastic episodes. Here's to 100 more and 1,000 more after that. Keep doing your thing. Congratulations, my man. This is the Gringo Man Dingo, a.k.a. The Jewish Jake LaMotta, a.k.a. Michael Rappaport. Congratulations, my man. Yo, yo, you are listening to the world's greatest podcast in full stereo sound. Once again, this is a Dust Brothers production, and I am your host, Ben Baller, not Ben Humble, also known as the Korean Liam Neeson, the Korean John Cusack, the Korean John McCall, Odesu, a.k.a. Old Boy, a.k.a. the Forrest Gump of hip-hop, and the original Washed Don Dada. What is good? How you guys feeling, man? Um, I hope your Monday has been good so far. If not, always remember to make it a great day. Today is a very special episode, and today is very special, period. Besides the fact that this is episode 100 and that we hit a milestone in not just podcasting, but in life, you know, today my most requested guest is on the show, and that is, yes, none other than Nicolette Yang a.k.a. Mrs. Baller, a.k.a. my wife. Uh, We will get into that shortly. But, uh, wow, I'm flattered, honestly. But um, real quick, I was reading something on Twitter and woke up this morning. I was like, you know what? I want the young listeners right now, especially the ones that are single without kids, my listeners without kids who are young, hear me out real quick. 
this is the time where you should explore, okay? Get a side hustle, learn a new trade, okay? This is where you just become beyond experienced, you know? Go out there and experiment, expand your skill set. Trust me, and I promise you, you have the entire world in your hands. You don't even know it, you know? The internet and all that shit's cool. That's fucking for after if you want to flex and whatever. But for right now, you have the world in your hands. Once you bring a child into this world and you begin a family, your time for all the extracurricular shit, all the extracurricular activities, it shortens greatly. But the good news is your motivation to make money or work harder will increase when you have a kid. Due to the, you know, to having to feed another mouth. But your time to broaden your proficiency, sharpen your outside technique, you know, will be close to non-existent. I'm being serious. I got three kids. It's totally different. I get it. But I'm talking about you young cats out there. It ain't too late to fucking learn another language. It ain't too late to learn something, you know, whether it be Photoshopping, you know, um, doing graphics, learning how to fucking draw, learn something, learn how to sell fucking stocks, learn how to day trade, learn how to fucking cook, who knows, learn how to drive a stick shift, learn how to drive a boat, something, figure it out, all right? And I promise you, you'll see your life once you become well-rounded. You know, I have so many little things that I know and a lot of information inside of my head, and I've utilized that to my advantage, Okay. Also, you know, when it comes to not even just a significant other, but but your team and your people around you, I don't have a lot of people, you know, a lot of friends. I have, you know, a handful of people, right? I got Cole, Paul, my cousin, you know, uh, the Dust Brothers now, um, my accountant, my agents and shit like that. But, you know, it, you don't need a lot of people, but you always want to have a person who is going to enhance your life, okay? It's going to push you harder, but you have to know the difference, okay? Someone who's telling you to get your ass up and get your shit together is not being negative, Understand that, okay? So like, you know, you don't do shit except play video games and smoke weed. That's not a negative person. That's a person being real with your ass, okay? But someone who says, you know what? You're a fucking loser and you're not going to amount to shit in life and all your fucking ideas suck. That's a toxic person and that needs to be dealt with immediately and that needs to be cut out of your life ASAP, okay? The choice is yours. As I've said so many times, there's a lot of paper out there. All you have to do is go out there and put your name on it. Okay, this is Behind the Baller Podcast. What would this be without some free game? You want some free game? All right, long money is always better than fast, short money, okay? But if short money is in your face and you need to raise some capital to strengthen or start your new business, then so be it. But for instance, this microwave era, this super quick, nobody wants to cook the pot slow no more, right? For instance, this surge of women that are doing OnlyFans, and I said it, I'm not mad at anybody getting money from OnlyFans, especially in this pandemic, but they're not understanding. There's only so long that you can finesse somebody, okay? And these girls that are doing this OnlyFans, and they're doing, and I'm not calling any, I'm just being honest. This is for people who are my friends and everything else and girls that I know. If you're not out there really showing your ass, your titties or anything else, understand this. At a certain point, you are going to see a drop off. That is obvious, because that's what it was made for, okay? I'm not going to Pornhub to watch basketball tricks. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to Pornhub to learn how to make money, you know, or get stock advice. It's just the truth. OnlyFans was an adult-based site, 
for pictures and videos of a girl showing her titties or ass, whatever, or a guy, whatever the fuck it is, okay? But again, go get your money, okay? You, you might have finessed some folks and did some fucking exercises, wore your bra, blah, blah, whatever, and you made six figures, cool, okay? So what about two to three months from now? Now you've, you've disappointed your fan base. They don't want to resubscribe anymore. And now they've lost faith because you've, you've tricked them in a certain way. Some will stay, some won't though. And, um, you know, I, I just, I, that's not how I, I look at my life and my perspective. And I'm older, it's different. I hope you use that money to invest in a small property, maybe some stocks. I don't know. But definitely not to get a fucking Louis V or a Prada bag or some fucking Hermes or DR clothes and shit. And you're living in a $1,500 a month apartment, like a shit box. And you're going to go fucking get a Lambo truck. Like, come on, man. Like, let, think smart. You know, and I know me, I fucked up, but it's a different time now. I had some fuck ups. I feel like now there's money out there, but you have less strikes now. You know, I had more strikes. I had more fuck ups and everything else and that, that those mistakes helped me grow. Some of these mistakes you guys are making now could pigeonhole you and put you in a rut, put you at the bottom of a motherfucking of a well that you can't get out of. Use that money. For those of you who have quick, fast money, use that money to make more money, okay? Yes, the game is to be sold, not told. But you know what? The ones who tell for free, and I mean the ones who spit free game, they're the ones who are going to flourish, okay? The ones who charge have to resort to multi-level marketing schemes later in life. It's the truth. Be smart. Podcasting is my therapy. It's like 2020 talk radio without music and way less commercials, Okay, I make the rules. I don't apologize. I just give life game. And I want you all to demand more out of your own life. You deserve it. Okay. By the way, we here at Behind the Baller Podcast do not promote shysty clowns or scam artists. I highly, highly, I super highly take offense to anyone who would think that me or my team would ever promote a clown or scam, okay? And this regards to the credit fixing website, you know, had a lot of people sign up and it's purely legit. I had not one single person really complain. I had one person complain and he'd complain a bunch of anything else. You know what? Game is refund. And it wasn't just that. It was the fact that, look, man, my boy, Rob Ballin, who is close homies with the, with the dudes who fix credit, they're semi-new to the web space world. But they're fully accredited as a business, and they're real. I had a listener, you know, that this guy who thought I, I, the redirecting of the sites and that one site went to another felt scamish. And I thought about it. I was like, man, I don't know. I didn't think too much about it just because, like, I would fucking destroy their business. Do you know what kind of damage I could do to somebody? And I don't use that. I don't abuse that, you know? And that was the way they set up their website to track each visitor, each client. And there's things like, for instance, um, when you call a certain phone number and you don't get to get the direct phone number, you have to call someone to talk to someone. It's just how the fucking, that's the protocol, okay? But yes, I had family members sign up, okay? And a lot of BTB listeners signed up as well, all right? But again, I refunded that dude. That was a headache. And I do feel for those who are skeptical in life, if you're in a position to where you are thinking I would ruin 40 years of my good reputation to help out a homie, then you need to stop listening to my show and you need to start listening to Jay Mazzini or Manny Koshbin or one of those type dudes, okay? I literally can't imagine being around people like that. 
when you date a girl, hey, where were you? What? Uh, I went to the bathroom. You know, like, well, are you talking to a bitch? And like, I, I couldn't ever be with a person that's always second guessing, that's questioning you and everything else. Look, I understand there's people out there with scam vibes, not people that have been around for decades. Again, you know, a con man has to leave town as soon as the con is done. A good hustler could stay in town as long as they want, but a reputable man who's been putting in game and putting in work and putting in hours, countless hours, again, for decades, stays forever, all right? Even when they're gone physically, their legacy stays, all right? I just can't imagine being around people who are always second-guessing everything and thinking there's a conspiracy tied to everything. Those types of humans are the fucking worst, Speaking of conspiracy theorists, fucking, uh, there are still idiots out there in the world, or I should say in America, okay? It's not anywhere else, really. It's a fucking America who think this virus is still a joke, okay? When it's now becoming the leading cause of death in the United States of America. Rest in peace to the nine-year-old beautiful girl in Florida who died last week to COVID, all right? She is now the youngest person in America to die to COVID. My heart goes out to her and her family. I do not know what I would do if any of my kids were to catch this virus because of my laziness, my negligence, or my little discomfort or change to my lifestyle causing this lead to like infecting someone in my family. It's like, the fuck is wrong with you, man? And London is just barely a year younger than that girl. All right, We're at over four million cases here in America, right? People keep looking at the highest pandemic death tolls, but they're not looking in the last 60, 70, 50, 80 years. They're looking at Spanish with over 100 fucking years ago and what was going on. We have all the technology in the world and we're still fucking up, okay? They're not thinking of the other long-term permanent effects it will have on many different types of people, young people with asthma, older people, people with diabetes, um, speaking of which, sidebar, totally nothing to do with anything. Yo, please send a prayer out to my boy, Biz Marquis, hip-hop legend, friend, amazing person. He has been very sick with uh, issues, not, not to COVID, but diabetes, and it's just scary because he's out there and is obviously fucking with them. Anyways, please stay the fuck away from each other. Okay, stay 10 feet the fuck away from each other. This is not a conspiracy theory. This is not a political issue, okay? And wearing an N95 or a KN95 mask will prevent the spread of the virus. That is a fucking fact. Not because I said so, but because every specialist has. Not because a fucking doctor who is being paid or, or who has this... Fu- Look, at, I'm old enough to remember when wearing a seatbelt wasn't a law. And then when it became a law. Remember driving in a seatbelt. Wearing a seatbelt was not a law. Okay, It was a choice. And it was a suggestion. A very high suggestion. People did it because it saved lives. This is the same concept. It saves lives. Stop listening to non-professionals. There is not one single doctor in the world helping patients inside hospitals that is not wearing a mask. All right? It's fucking, that's bullshit. You already know. There's no fucking doctor in the ER right now not wearing a fucking mask. There's no way. All right? Don't be mad. Be smart. All right. There is nobody else at all to blame but Dick Stain Donald Trump for the handling of this virus. And when the economy later this year is the worst it has been in history, not my history, not your parents' history, in U.S. history. All right. 
you should ask yourself after that, did you help contribute to trying to stop this virus by spreading it? Or were you a pandemic anti-vaxxer COVIDian? Okay, it's funny how all these Republicans are moving to Texas and Arizona and those states, from doing all this research, it's crazy. From those states right now, maybe soon, they soon may be swing states. Those were heavy red states, Arizona and, and Texas. And now, motherfucking, this shit is crazy. Yes, Texas, you cocksuckers, where it was Trump land. And now Trump is down a few points in Texas. Anyways, look, I just hope we don't shut down. And not even from my pockets, but for the rest of those who need to work to put food on the table. And speaking of tables, <laughs> my wife is about to come on the show and speak about what she brought to our table. So you know what? Let's take a short break. And uh, I'm excited. This is really dope. Episode 100. Uh, my wife is, is coming on. We're gonna, I'm going to interview her. She's never been interviewed before in her entire life. Yo, Lakey Lake, hit me off with some music. And then, uh, Miles, let's bring my wife onto the show. Yeah, hit me off one time, please. Yo, Ben Baller Pod Army, come get fit with me. All right. I've got my Echelon bike and you should too. You don't have to join a gym or pay a ton for overpriced fitness equipment. The best way to get in shape in the best shape of your life is with Echelon. Echelon makes beautifully engineered products for everyone, busy moms, washed up dads, hustlers like us. And with daily live and on-demand studio classes right in your home, you'll be on your way to the best version of you. You'll love Echelon. But if you aren't 100% satisfied, they'll give you your money back. Join the hundreds of thousands of men and women who are getting fit with Echelon now. Buy an Echelon bike today for under $1,000. Go to echelonfit.com to discover their EX1 connected fitness bikes that offer a high quality at home cycling experience at a less than half the price of a Peloton. Go to echelonfit.com slash baller. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash baller. This isn't just an ad, it's a way of life. Get yourself an Echelon bike and join this journey with me. So we have a obviously special guest. I, I've told you guys who it is, and uh, she's never done an interview before. So obviously, she's a little nervous. And um, these are questions that were kind of compiled by a few random people. I added a couple things myself. And uh, again, my wife has never done an interview before. So this is a very big deal. And I chose her over a lot of these little superstar rappers that some of you guys wanted to be on episode 100. And this was definitely much more uh, impactful for this milestone episode. So without further ado, I have my wife, the lovely <laughs> Hi. Nicolette Yang. Hi, baby. Hi. I'm super awkward and really, really shy. He actually said, I have to do this. He didn't ask me. He, he's making me do this. 
Anyways, let's get started. So, baby, tell don't, me... Don't put me on the spot, okay? <laughs> okay. So, tell everyone where you were born and uh, where you grew up, briefly. Okay. So, I was born in Seattle, but I moved before I was one. So, I was raised in L.A. But you lived in Las Vegas. Yeah, for like a couple years. And I also Still. lived in Manila for less than two years. You went to high school in Vegas and Manila? No, I went to high school for a, a year and a half in Manila. And then the and rest And then you finished here. in Burbank. Uh-huh. Right, okay. And then uh, what were you doing for work before we had dated? Like, what was your career? So before we dated, I had my own swimmer line. So I was um, designing and sewing bikinis. And I did a little bit of modeling here and there just for my uh, swimwear line. And I also worked, um, <laughs> it's kind of funny, I worked at uh, True Religion Corporate. Okay, but the swimwear line did really well at one point, right? It was paying for bills and everything. Yeah, and, of course, and yeah. And why did you stop? Well, I wanted to be a full-time mom and concentrate on that. And what was the company called? <laughs> Lolly Me. And didn't a company steal the name? It's really sad, right? I don't want to talk about are they, that. <laughs> are, they, are, they, are, they still, uh, are they still around? Do you know or no? I have no idea. Oh. Okay. When was the first time you knew I existed? Uh, well, <laughs> you sent me a Facebook request. And that was the first time I ever knew of you. But we had like a ton of mutual friends. so I You figured... never heard of my name before that ever? No, never. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Okay. But you said you saw me out. Like, remember, like you said, you saw me before at... um. Yeah, we had a mutual friend and uh, went to her birthday party and you were there, but she introduced me to you and that was it. Okay. So, so that wasn't the... So that was the first time you knew that not when I sent you a message on Facebook. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, then there. But I had no idea. I just okay, met so, you at that party and that's it. It was like a quick less than a minute thing. Okay. So be honest. What, what was your first thought when I reached out to you? Nothing. I mean, you reached out to me. We had a ton of mutual friends, so I didn't think anything of it. Then you started following me on Twitter. Well, because you don't really use Facebook. So you had like less than 100 friends or whatever. And we had like maybe 30 friends in common. And when you added me on Twitter, that's when I was like, okay, why does this guy have a lot of followers on Twitter? I had no idea. And well, okay, sorry. Going back, you added me on Facebook. You didn't talk to me for like three months. And I was like, okay, whatever. You know, we, we met at our, our friend's birthday party and that was it. And I was like, all right, whatever, that's it. And then you didn't send me a message saying hi, whatever, which is fine. And then you added me on Twitter. And then I was like, okay, I had no idea who you were at that point still. And you had a like a pretty good following. And I was like, okay, whatever. I didn't think anything of it. And then when I was on Twitter, I asked, oh, who's going to the magic show? And that's when you messaged me for the first time and said, oh, I'll be there. And that's how. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You remember. Um, (laughs) what, what do you remember about our first date? Oh my God. That was not... I don't know. Okay. Well, let, well, before our first date, let's go back. I needed some work done on my car and you, I actually reached out to you cause you're a car guy and you were so, so helpful. So nice. And you got my car fixed. Explain what happened though. Tell the people what happened. 
No. Not. I just got a little bump on my bumper. <laughs> And so you, you, you had platinum fix my car in like you a day. You should tell them what the fuck happened, but it's okay. Okay, so then, pla- so, so then platinum fixed your car. I told you, don't put me on the spot. Okay, so platinum fixed your car. Yeah, and you were so nice, and I thought you were really sweet. Anyway, thank you, Jack, George. Um, <laughs> okay, so we, I asked on Twitter, I was like, who's going to the magic show? Because I was helping my friend out at one of her booths. So I asked, who was going to the magic show? And you, you replied to my, um, my tweet. And you said, I'll be there. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then you DM'd me and you asked me out to dinner. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, we'll go out to dinner. And so while we were in Vegas, you said, okay, just come to my hotel. Let's go to, um, where did we go? Where was her? Koi. Koi. Okay. Yeah. You said, uh, come to my hotel. And I was like, uh, totally offended. I was like, no, you pick me up. And you were so pissed that I asked you to pick me up. I'm like, you asked me out to dinner. Why would I go to your hotel room? And you're like, whatever, then forget it. And I was like, okay, fine. Forget it. <laughs> and then, and then you decided like maybe 30 minutes before the time we were supposed to have dinner, you said, okay, I'm on my way. And I'm like, all right, whatever. So you pick me up and we go out to dinner and the whole time you were grilling me. You were straight up grilling me. Asking you, ask- you what? What I ask you? Like a ton of questions, like about my past, about my exes, about like. Your exes? Why the fuck would I care about I your exes? I don't know. Why did you ask me those questions? Okay. <laughs> I mean, knowing me now, do you? I mean, anyways, going on. Okay, so how did the date go? I don't know. It was really awkward. It felt more like an interrogation. And then tell the people what happened after dinner. Okay, so I made you. I told you if I was going to go out to dinner with you, then you'd have to go with me to my friend's birthday party. And right after dinner, you try. It was so bad. Our dinner was so bad that you tried to ditch me after dinner. I was like, <laughs> no. I was like, if I was going out to dinner with you, you said that you were going to come to my friend's birthday party. And then you're like, all right, fine. So we went to the birthday party. And for man, like, this birthday party was just, oh, man. For like, we went there for like 30 minutes to show face, say hi, happy birthday. And so we both had to go to the same um, party. At, what club did we go to? You know what it is. Excess. Oh, okay. Excess. I didn't know. I forgot. So uh, we went there and we literally walked in. We parted ways and we were so like upset in the car. Wait, who picked us up from Josh? Josh D. D. There we go. He picked us up. He brought us to the club and um, he was so nice to do that. Uh, We we had a really bad time at dinner. So we literally parted ways as soon as we walked into the club. We went to our own tables. We had our own friends, whatever. And then... At the end of the night, I don't know, we were both drunk. We met up again. We were at the same table. We took a picture, too. I think we have a couple of pictures from that night. Mm-hmm. And why don't you tell the rest of the story? <laughs> and then we, we uh, ended up going back to drop you off at your hotel. And then you didn't even give me a kiss goodnight, even. Yes, I kissed you. No, you didn't. Not like a real kiss. Whatever. It's like how I kissed Kaya. No. Okay, so what did you think after that first date and everything? After it settled, like after whatever, like a day or a couple days later, what did did you think? I was extreme. I was really, really embarrassed because obviously I was drunk. I kissed you. (laughs) Well, no, you kissed me. 
Okay. Whatever. So what did you think though? I'm saying what like. You can't even look at me. I'm like looking straight at you. Oh, I was just looking at the questions. That's why I just just. <laughs> You're so stupid. So what did you think? I'm asking. Why are you getting shy? I'm not shy. I'm asking well, you. You can't what... even look at me. No, I'm saying what did you, what did you think after like the first date? Like after everything? I don't know. Like, I didn't see you for like three weeks because I was so embarrassed. I mean, I was just like, okay, whoa. I don't know. Oh I was like God. in shock. Okay, so. Was there a moment in particular when we, we were dating? But you obviously? texted me and called me every single day. Okay. When I, and you were like asking me to go out. And I was just like not ready for that. Okay. <laughs> um, so was there a moment that you could think of in particular where you realized that we would probably spend the rest of our lives together? Um, I don't think there was like particular moment but I mean it kind of happened so fast I mean it was like one year dating bam and then one year dating like I mean another year engaged. being engaged and then and then while we were engaged I got pregnant with London so yeah. I was for almost four months pregnant at our wedding it was four was oh yeah, yeah so that's almost crazy. yeah right about four i mean so at that like point obviously at the wedding did you think like okay well no i'm not going to divorce this guy he's crazy oh whatever my God, or, why would you think that i, I would know, never no, push through with something I'm, I'm saying i mean when when did you think like okay well this is really it and this is this is it some people they fucking they get married and they don't know that they, they they may get married and be like oh, oh well, whatever i'm just going for the best of it no i'm not like that i'm just i mean i don't know you kind of just go into things and you know with your feelings you know Okay, so before you got pregnant, before we uh, had any kids, what were actually you know that the our honeymoon was cool, but I mean, oh, hold on, let's we'll get into the honeymoon in a second. Before we had kids, what were some of your favorite memories that we had together, like anywhere? Okay, we both love watching movies. So before we had kids, before we were even married, we used to watch like three movies a week, every single thing in the movie theater. Yeah, true. We used to go to the Grove and you, a lot. And what was really sweet. You saved every single movie ticket we've, and that was a ton. I have still. And you gave it to me on our wedding day. That yeah, was I really sweet. I know. <laughs> but besides that, like there's nothing else besides just the movies and stuff. I think you guys who listen to the show, some people know, some people don't. Because obviously, you know, this, this was shit over 10 years ago. There was a good 10 year span, maybe even 15 year span where I just did not travel to cold weather. I've said it before oh. on the show before. I've said this before. I've mentioned it. Um, there is a, um, I had a stipulation in, in my contract for any kind of appearance or anything. I wouldn't go anywhere that was under 55 degrees of weather. And she asked me to go out there to Chicago and it was. Uh, yeah, I had to go there for work. And it was seven and we degrees. Were, I think we were only dating for like two or three weeks that, that yeah, it time. Was, it, was, it was new. And I said, sure. And man, I was miserable. It was so cold. It was. <laughs> but it was fun. Yeah, it was good. We got. Sushi, went to the Sears Tower, went to um, Magnificent Mile, walked through uh, Oak Street, all that stuff. It was cool. So um, who is the most insane celebrity I've ever introduced you to? I don't know about insane, but... Um, Who's the, your favorite celebrity uh, I've ever my introduced My favorite, okay, Dave Chappelle, hands down. I love him. Where was oh, that at? Where was that at? Oh, oh was, was it... The, the weekend was, concert. 
No, I think it was John Mayer's. No, concert. it was the, it was the weekend concert. Trust me. Oh, okay. It was the weekend. I have the worst we, memory. We saw him after at John Mayer because he's John Mayer's good friend too. No, we saw him at Tiger's house after. After John Mayer's concert, we went to Tiger's house. Okay. Do you forget? <laughs> okay, yeah, I forgot. But you met him at. I went to Hollow Bowl, and uh, we sat next to Matt George, and we went to the Hollow Bowl to go see the weekend. He was opening up for Florence and the Machine. Oh, okay, okay. And Dave Chappelle was there. And you're like, oh my God, I know you knew him. And then... Um, oh, that's right. He walked us to our car. Yeah, because he, right. he, yeah, yeah, yeah. he wanted to see the Lamborghini. Yeah, yeah, And he said, hey man, this is the same car Kanye has. Have you seen yours? I was like, of course. You remember he was really nice, right? It was, it was so down to earth. I love him. He's so sweet. And I've known him for... He even walked us to our car. Yeah, shit. 26 years I've known Dave. And then when we saw him at Tiger's house, he was like getting wasted his funnies. He was cool then too. All right, so that's cool. Um, Dave, that's who, who I also else? really like Jay Balvin. Oh my God. I already told I tell people all the time how much he drives me crazy. <laughs> like, like every week I speak about how much I, I like he, He's funny. Yeah. He was so excited that we came though. Yeah. He treated us like did he not treat us really like the... Oh, he's the, so sweet. No, I mean, did we? Did he not bring out the red carpet for us at the show? Yeah. It's crazy, right? Even Scooter was kind of like, what the fuck? Because he like newly managed it. He didn't know like how serious me and Jay uh, were friends. So... I mean, how- all, your, all your clients, uh, every single one of them, they're, they're, they've always been really nice. Yeah, even John was really nice to you, hasn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I love John Mayer. Um, how did I propose to you? It wasn't uh, like... <laughs> Every single time people talk about proposals, she acts like it's like I'm not the type. But I'm gonna sit there and fuck it. Like I'm, you know, you guys know me. I'm, I'm independent. Ask any girl. Yeah, they would love a story. I don't like try to fucking have somebody videotape and all that shit. Everything else, it's just not my thing. Anyways, tell people how did I propose to you? We don't have any pictures or videos from that day. (laughs) Just tell me how how did I propose? Just I'm asking you a question. Okay, you are a second date ever. You um, you took me to La Scala and in Beverly Hills, and uh, I think it was brunch. And no, tell we had me, lunch. So the year, uh, a year later, exactly to the date and time, you took me to the same place, and you proposed to me there. Right, and they have the best. Well, you don't. That's right. You don't eat meat. So God, my God. Anyways, they have the best spaghetti. Well, you love the fried buffalo mozzarella there. It's in, just to die for. Yeah. The food's always so good there. Okay, so I proposed to you. And then what did you think at that moment? I forgot. What did you do? Did you call somebody? Did you call your mom? Did you call your dad? I called my mom first and my brother. You know, I had I got your dad's permission. Obviously, I asked for your dad's blessing. Yeah, I know. And you didn't even know. No, they told me the next day. Which is crazy is that we were staying together. You were staying at my place. So you didn't even know I was going over there. Yeah, How how random is that, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, how would you describe our wedding? Our wedding was beautiful. It's really simple, very intimate. Um, only close friends and family were there. Like literally only close friends and family. God damn, I had such a good time. I can't even believe it. Yeah, you did. You were wasted. And your dad was trashed. I, I was pregnant, so I couldn't get wasted. But you had a good time, no? Of course. It was amazing. And your family and everybody. And it was such a nice hotel. Yeah. It was a beautiful place. And even brunch after, it was so great. It was like, it was, I can't say the best day of our life because we've had so many good times. But 
And then describe our honeymoon. Where do we? Babe, our 10 years coming up soon. I mean. Oh, yeah, shit. The wedding anniversary 10 years coming up. We've been together for over 10 years. It's crazy. We need a vow renewal. What do you want to do in in a year and a half? I don't know yet, but maybe. COVID will be gone by then, so. Hopefully. No, it'll be gone by then, for sure. I want like a small, like, I don't know, ceremony of some sort. Wait a second, do you want like Kaya to be like, like the ring girl, I mean, the flower girl and stuff and everything? Or I don't know. I don't know what vow renewals are like, but <laughs> I've never been to one. Do you want one the boys or... to be in tuxes and stuff or no? Yeah, really? for sure. God damn, man. It's expensive. I want it to be I don't have any money. Expensive. It's just going to be us. Um, how would you describe our honeymoon? What did we do? We went to Antigua. Right, which is where? In the Caribbean. Yeah. And... Um, how would you describe like uh, the resort, the beaches, everything? Was, it was nice, right? It was nice. We had a really nice suite overlooking the ocean. In a villa. Yeah. I've actually never, at that time, I've never been there before. So it was nice. It was a nice to experience that with you for the first time. I'll never forget Red Rose, our driver. He was a really cool guy. <laughs> no, yeah. Wasn't he? Yeah. He was a nice that. guy, right? And uh, it was pretty cool that Queen Elizabeth and Prince... I don't know what the girl's name is. What's the, the princess's name? Ha- not, ha- not Harry. Prince... What's what's the... I don't know. Who are you talking about? Is it Kate? Oh, Kate Middleton? Is that her name? The princess? Yeah. She no, was I'm there? just saying. They were, remember, they're, they're in Half Moon Bay. I forgot. I and then we remember. couldn't go there because whatever. So we went to a different beach. Anyway, so the honeymoon was good. Um... Oh, what's one thing you'll never forget about us raising each of our three children? Oh, man. Um, Well, as a whole, as a family, it's really overwhelming. I mean, I have, we have three children, but you're sometimes one of them. So four. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. Um. I mean, it's overwhelming. There's a lot of, we have a lot of kids, but I wouldn't change a thing, honestly. It's, and they're hyper, right? All three of them? London's pretty chill. The other two are crazy. I mean, like, like briefly. Okay, London. What's one thing about raising him? What, what do you think of when we think of raising London? Besides any of the health issues, like what, just a favorite moment of us, of, of his. Well, he was our firstborn. So, you know, he right. made, he was our first of everything. So that has, you know, we have a lot of memories being first-time parents and first-time everything with him, you know? Um, For me personally, I think of, um, like, we went to Alani, and when me and your dad were chasing him, saying, hey, just slow down, and he just, he wasn't even on a swim yet, and he just jumped into the deep end of the pool, and I was so, so shocked. He's just, he loves... Oh, he's brave. He loves water. He's, he's going to be... super independent. I always tell people on the show he's going to be something aquatic. I don't know until to do with water. Um, okay, Ryder, what's something? Ryder, that, oh my it, god, he is your person, like twin, <laughs> twin. He's funny. He's witty. He's smart. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, okay, with London, he's just he's really smart. He's super sensitive. Like he has such a kind heart. With Ryder, it's like. The opposite. He's <laughs> not not that he's not kind, but he's just he's just like you. Like uh, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I don't even know how to explain it. I mean, what? I mean, you know, yeah, he's like a little savage, right? He's like yeah, a little, he's definitely, like a, definitely a little savage. Like it's funny. 
when I think of also when I think of London, I think of Manila because we took him to to the Philippines. That's right. Uh, Ryder, trying to think of is there anything I could think of that Ryder would just. He's just a funny, funny guy. What about Kaya? What's something that that? Oh, she's like right in between the boys. Like she has like the best parts of them. That's your new best friend too. She is. She's a tough little girl. She's super sassy. Yeah, she definitely did not get that from me. (laughs) (laughs) So you you don't have any favorites, right? At all? No, I mean there could be some days that one of them's my favorite, but they're all my favorites, you know. And you'd be lying if like one was not your favorite that day. So prior to dating you, to be honest with you, I wasn't very fond of the Filipino culture. I, I didn't really know much about it. I had a lot of Filipino friends, a lot, but I never deep dived into uh, the culture and anything, right? And don't you think, tell people how much, I, <laughs> how do I feel about Filipinos? You want to be Filipino so bad. I know you love being Korean, but you want to be Filipino so bad. You like ask me at least like two, three times a week. How do I, how do I say this in Tagalog? How do I say that in Tagalog? What does this mean? Can you translate this? So you're very proud though to be part of, of a Filipino heritage, yeah, right? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so what's one favorite thing about my culture that you like about Korean people and stuff? Oh, I love that you guys really support each other. That's one thing that you guys all do. And that's I just really said great. that to support. my attorney today businesses and Korean, yeah. No matter what, whether Koreans have beef or anything, whatever, they only go to Korean doctors, only go to Korean um, businesses. They only go, it's really true. They don't, that's all they do. I love that. But besides that, is there anything else besides my culture? No, just, you don't (laughs) like the food? You like bibimbap? Bibimbap, yeah. The, (laughs) without meat. Okay. That has, wait, that doesn't have meat. Was that the one I like? You could have the you one could with have, like the hot pot one. Yeah, you could have you could have meat or no meat. You could have changjinim. You know, you like the extra egg always. I remember I always have to ask ask the, the ajima to bring extra egg. Um, oh no, holy shit! You fucking love sundubu. Oh yeah, sundubu. Like, the, would you say that's your favorite? Yeah, the vegan oh, one. Oh yeah. my god, that you go crazy for fucking sundubu. Um, I miss that. I want that right now. Damn, it's but it's too hot. But you don't like kimchi. It's weird. No, never like kimchi. But you might like my mom's kimbap and the and the duck. Yeah, and all your that mom's, mom's cooking bomb. Um, what is something about me that nobody else knows? Your sister Jean described it perfectly. Like this is when we were just dating, and we were like, you know, just like any relationship, we had issues in the beginning. Your sister described it perfectly. Oh, she God. said, <laughs> she said, my brother is like a bulldog. He's like really rough, but you just have to like figure out a way to like deal with it. And he's just a puppy dog. It's so true. What the fuck yeah, are you talking she about? Said, she explained it that way exactly. When did she ever say that? That's the stupidest thing I ever heard in my life. <laughs> no, I'm being serious right now. She said that. Those are exact words. All right. Everyone listening to this is a stupid, that was a dumb, it's a bit sad that she <laughs> knows me over. She, that's what Jean said. And okay, it's so true. And you think, you you're think that's like true? You're really aggressive and you're like really like fierce. But really, people who don't know you, you're not like that behind closed doors. I mean, no one would know that, you know? What are you talking about? You've seen me pull a gun out on people. You've seen me go crazy. No, I've never this. seen that. Don't lie. Okay. Don't lie. I've never, okay, baby. <laughs> you're such a liar. <laughs> I've never seen you pull a gun out on anyone. Have I? No, never. Oh I will God. fucking kill you. Okay. 
you would kill me. I would fucking kill you. So I'm a a a bulldog. Why the fuck a bulldog? That makes no sense. Like the English, like English like bulldog. Aggressive, but you're like really nice behind closed doors, and you know. Oh, that's a good thing then. Okay, I, I get. Okay, I get it. So I'm a nice. Is there something else that like there's something about, oh, about yes. me? Oh yes. Okay, let me. <laughs> you cry watching romantic movies. Don't even lie. Miles, don't delete that no, part there. No, <laughs> keep that in. Miles, keep that in. Jordan, keep that in. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> she, Remember the light between oceans? You're she crying. Is, that like, was different because I thought about London crying. and I was sad. And that was like a there really, really sad movie. There were several movies you cried. No, what, what are you talking you about? You cry a movie? Yes, you do, That babe. movie just kind of fucked me up. Look at me. You're, she's crazy. Okay. <laughs> Would you call me a jealous person? No, not at all. I also never, ever but gave no, you a reason. But I'm saying, to, no, just, you're not. I'm just not you're a jealous. Not a, I'm not a jealous person. And people think that I'm like I'm a jealous person. I'm just like, yo, no, man, you guys really, like, I'm just like the definitely furthest Definitely petty. Petty's totally different. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 people know that's one of my monikers, you know, Mr. Petty. But jealous, I'm just not jealous of anybody in anyone in their life or anything. I just, uh, I'm glad you, you addressed that. I'm just saying, because it's one thing. How do you feel about my friendships with like pretty girls who I know I'm friends with who have uh, Instagram pages and have a lot of followers and whatever? And, and sometimes they, I don't know, their posts could be questionable, whatever. How do you feel about my friendships with these, with these girls? Oh, I don't care. I mean, I mean, a lot of them, you were friends before me. You guys were already friends before you even met me. So why would I care, you know? Yeah, no, people always ask no, them. They're not always at all. Like, yeah. You I know, mean, it's stupid when they tag you in pictures. And they're like, hey, look so at your ridiculous. husband. Like, I remember they tagged you in like, I mean, Irene. we're married. We have three kids. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm not a jealous person. No, I know. I'm not. I mean, unless no, it wasn't, you, it wasn't unless Irene. you it give was me. A, so stupid. Unless you give me a reason to be, then I'll be fucking nuts on you. But I don't know. I'm just like not that type of person. So what is the favorite thing? Like, uh, I just thought about this right now because we're ending the interview and I really appreciate you doing this for me, especially for episode 100. I had to drag her in the room. Yeah. Um, I'm so, super awkward and super so what, shy. What is the favorite thing? What is your favorite thing about our marriage? Favorite thing? I mean, you are such a hard worker and I never have to worry about like things like that. Like, you know, we're always going to be good. And I love that you love our children. Like you would die for them. No, and I would. you love our family and you want to keep us together. And, you know, you would do anything for us. And when um, we first met and we first began dating, it was still the end of the, that really bad recession. And I told you, or I don't know if I really told you, but I think I told you maybe after. I was probably embarrassed to tell you or whatever, but I wasn't doing so well. Do you remember, right? Like, yeah, I know. I remember you telling me that. I mean, you I told me. technically was down to, you know, like um, as far as like liquid cash and things like that. Forget the money I had into the IF and Co. But uh, that was just like, that's crazy. If there was anything in the world that I can get you, what would you want? Anything in the world. I don't care if it's materialistic, if you could have anything. I'm just, but I mean, honestly, just because some people, they're always like, she never shows bags, she never shows shoes, she never shows anything, and blah, blah. And they know you have cool things, but. No, I don't really have anything cool. I mean, I don't okay. shop like that, or I'm super chill. So am I. You are not chill. Um, anyways, ahead. no, I'm asking you. So if there's anything in the world that you I could get you or anything, like for like 
our 10 year anniversary, what would you want? Say it. I don't give a fuck if it, whatever it is. I don't know. Just want a trip with our kids somewhere. That's it? Yeah. I don't know. Nothing. I have everything I want. I don't know. Okay. I mean, I'm, you, you know again, this. I'm, I'm not materialistic. I don't you, care you know, for any of those things. You know this about me. If I could move to any city and we lived there for good, where would it be? San Francisco. Yeah. And how come we haven't gotten there and moved there? Well, my whole family is up there. I so. know, but why don't you want to move? Well, now you're kind of considering it, right? Um, I don't know. I keep going back and forth about be it. Be nice to retire there. I yeah. mean, I consider myself like, I, I consider LA my home, you know? But Nobody's more LA than me. I know. But I'm just saying, it's, it's just, I think for our family, um, it's better. I wouldn't, yeah. I mean, I would love it because my whole family's up there. Okay, well, that is it. And thank you so much for doing the show, babe. And I want you to say that you have changed my life forever and beyond. You have impacted me more than even my mom and and my dad has or my sister or anybody in my family. I think you've changed me in so many different ways I can't explain to you. I think you actually even completed the last missing link of being a man. That, That level was completed with your assistance and uh no baby seriously thank you so much i can't explain wait i have a question for you yeah what if you married a a girl version of you oh we talk kill her (laughs) fucking so you know how i feel what kind of stupid ass question is that (laughs) is that what people ask like i know my mom asks you all the time oh my god you know your mom calls you how's mr psycho man doing (laughs) how's that crazy man doing that's what your mom calls you Crazy man. How bad of a temper do I have, seriously? Really bad. <laughs> you get fucking pissed over, like, the stupidest shit. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, over, like, shoelaces untied or shoelaces <laughs> not even. Oh, my God. You go nuts on my shoes all the time. Oh, I have, like, a little tiny, like, okay, mark guys. on the side. <laughs> so that is it for the interview. Um, Lakey Lake, yo, my bro, uh, throw on some music. You guys, we'll be right back. Love you, babe. I love you too, babe. Thank you. Deion Sanders once said, you look good, you feel good. You feel good, you play good. You play good, they pay good. Yo, BTB Army. Today, I'm excited to introduce to you my new partnership with Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Yes, exactly what I'm talking about. With all the barbershops being closed, the least you can do is keep yourself looking clean down there. Manscaped just released their new and improved lawnmower 3.0. A bonus is it's water resistant, so you can confidently clean up in the shower. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. It features advanced skin safe technology to reduce any nicks and cuts or accidents, and you don't want no accidents happening down there. And it has a built-in LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. Trust me, give this a go. Keep it classy and keep it clean. 
Fellas, invest in your grooming. Make sure you're using the best tool for the job. I've used it. No joke. Not fucking around. I've been grooming myself, but I was always scared about the nicks. This thing is amazing. And ladies, if you're listening, please help your man out. Help him help you. We've secured a solid offer for y'all so you can experience it for yourself. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code BALLER at manscaped.com. We're extending this to all the listeners in Canada, UK, and Australia as well. I got you guys this time, okay? That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code BALLER. Your balls will thank you. Yo, man, so what's going on, people? This is uh, episode 100, Fan Questions. Uh, you guys came with it. Like, I ain't gonna lie, there was way too many questions. And I didn't want this to be a fucking two and a half hour episode with an hour and change of some questions. But you know what? I appreciate you guys. Just the love. Uh, the army is strong. So, um, by the way, after this episode 100, we are going to only do fan questions once a month. Let's get right motherfucking into it. Uh, Nesta original writes, like the mentor that I never had. Can't believe it's been almost a year. Always known who you were, but didn't know your background until Burner's and Tyson's pod appearances. As soon as BTB episode one dropped, I was on it like Comet. Okay. Uh, thanks for all the free gems. It's the simple things that you share with us. I appreciate your perspective. Really helps me with a lot. My time will come one day. Keeping my head and credit up. You heard me. That's what's up. That's what's up. Okay, so the question is, what is your most fond memory from the time in your life when you're going through struggles? Whether it be the minimum wage days or another period in your life where you had to bounce back. P.S. Dad gang in full effect. My boys, Soul and Enzo. You know what? I'm going to give you three real quick stories. And this is on the fly. So remember, I'm not pre-reading these questions. I'm just reading them right now. Boom. And I got to give it to you as if I was on a fucking interview, you know, like I was on a fucking podcast on someone else's show. So when I was working at Burger King, the reason why, number one, was because one, my parents didn't have money to give me so you know, I wanted to get CDs. I wanted to get shit for like, I wanted to get football gloves, like Newman tactified gloves, or you, could, you know, receiver gloves. And I wanted just to have better shit. Obviously, I wanted to eat what I wanted to eat instead of whatever we had to budget out and stuff like that. And again, we weren't like broke as a motherfucker, but we weren't rich, you know. So it was like, it was just a weird thing. It was, there was, you know, we were, we were okay, but I had to work, you know. And on top of that, you know, they, they had no problem me working. They didn't give a fuck. No one was ashamed of anything, whatever. And I see like the people bicker and stuff and like I would see people talk shit and everything and be like, motherfucker, you work at Burger King. And I was like, man, bro, like I'm just trying to get it in, period. I just want to get, I'm going to have, you know, I need to know what it, what it's like to make a dollar in this world. And uh, when you realize how little $4 an hour is and you can fucking work overtime, you can work fucking eight hour days, whatever, and you're just getting paid shit, you know, like <laughs> $4 an hour times eight hours. Do you, do you understand? That's not even a fucking entree at a restaurant. You know, and you put eight hours in, you have to really realize what are you doing this for? 
And that so much right, right there was for experience. There's a point in time where after my aftermath days and everything else, I, I had nothing to show for. And I just pretty much lost my money. I didn't really, um, I wasn't really smart. I was living, uh, you know, I had nothing saved. I, I couldn't make the rent. I was just too behind trying to floss and, you know, show off. So I had to move with my sister and I was dating this girl and, and um, she didn't know how bad it was. I still made it seem like I was okay. And uh, I had a BMW. So, you know, it was the image thing. But I remember, um, you know, I would get free CDs from, uh, CDs was like a big deal. You know, that was like, that was currency. And uh, I didn't obviously need to sell my vinyl because I'm a DJ. So there was no Serato back then. And uh, I had CDs and I would go to these places, you know, like music stores. And music stores don't really exist now, but they were everywhere back in the day. And, you know, you go to a couple of places that, you know, like Amoeba and other places like Leopold's and shit like that. And um, um, these are old school spots, right? This is like 2000, 2001. And I was like, you know, I was slanging. But at the same time, like I was bad and it was weird. And I remember I went to this to this store to sell like 50 CDs. And um, the dude was lowballing me and I was kind of pissed, but I needed the money because I needed to pay some bills. And uh, seeing that dude talk to me a certain way and this motherfucker's working at the store getting maybe, let's say, $6 an hour and he was trying to shit on me and at the same time. I'm talking shit to him and he's looking at me like this broke motherfucker is trying to sell his CDs and he's mad because I'm trying to make some money for the store. And yet I'm looking at him like, bitch, you work here like you ain't no better than me, but I'm treating him like he ain't shit. And he's looking at me sideways. And my girlfriend at the time was like, hey, man, just why don't you just like just relax and whatever. And I walked away from the store. And I walked to my BMW and I said, man, that motherfucker will never drive a BMW. And I just had that image in my head. I was like, yo, this is exactly what's wrong with me. I'm in here trying to sell CDs and I'm not even right. And at that point, right then and there, like just walking out of that store for my bills and everything, I was like, fuck this. I just got my swag up and, uh, you know, was heavy flipping sneakers, selling packs of weed. We started making that movie Cake. I just got motivated. I was like, yo, I can't live like this, man. I can't. And I just kind of like just leveled up. I was doing the two hot dogs for for a dollar, you know, 99 cents a day. I was just stacking. And um, more recently, this is a long fucking answer, I know. More recently, uh, in like 2012, right when London was born, London was maybe a month old, I had taken one of the biggest L's I've ever taken in my entire life. It was about just around almost $700,000. And to be honest with you, as far as like not play money, but money that I had to lose, it was maybe all of that. That was what it was. And at that moment, right then and there, I remember I hit up Nick Diamond and I was like, hey, bro, I'm ready to do these collabs. Let's get this shit popping. I'm telling you right now, it's time. Let's get it cracking. And Nick was on a heavy wave. Diamond was unfadable. And, uh, you know, I told him, I said, look, bro, we can come with some real dope shit and make it crack. And, and it ended up, you know, he ended up saving me. But at the same time, I ended up making him a lot of bread, too. And we just worked off each other. And, uh, you know, Nick Diamond, man, shout out to my boy Nick, uh, a real one, Aquarius. We're only a few days apart, same year, same month, same sign. He's only he's four days older than me or something. And um, it's just uh, just fond things, man. Just It wasn't necessarily a bounce back, but it was a trip. Like when I had taken that L... Q from Worldstar was like, hey, bro, I'm going to send you a wire right now for 25 bands. Do me a favor. Head over to the Peninsula Hotel. Why don't you just stay there for a couple days? Don't worry about it. Just It's on me. And I was like, nah, nah, it's cool. 
then the dude from Platinum were like, don't even trip, we got you, you know, don't even worry about it. And it was just, it was just a fucking crazy ass time. I saw who had my back and who didn't. Those are just fond, random memories that that I wanted to tell you about. And uh, that was it, man. Yeah. Appreciate you, bro. Episode 100, a beer, just like it sounds, a beer. Uh, hey, Ben, things you talk about on your podcast, I can relate to, like your actions and all, and I'm just 18. But did anyone ever call you crazy for the things you had done or said and recommend that you should go see a therapist? I'm in a tough situation mentally, and I'm thinking about seeing one for some guidance. Thank you for the free game. Wish I was a day one, but I started listening around episode 10. Thanks for the game. Hey, a beer, man. Look, man, mental is, your mentals are, are everything. I wouldn't fucking play around with it. Uh, if you have somebody you could see, man, great. Go see somebody. Now, this is the thing. It, therapy doesn't work one, two, three times. I mean, you know, it, it may take, you know, three. It may take seven times. It may take 12 times. But, you know, you need to go see someone maybe. I think I actually am a little crazy. And, and I'm, I'm not joking at all whatsoever. Not even 1% joking. I'm being dead serious. And um, I think that, look, man. I've been called crazy many times by my family members, by close friends and everything else. And you know what? That's another reason why I have never really had a lot of friends. Like, you know, when I was on a team and shit like that, that's different. But I'm talking about having, always having, I've never had a big crew, never had a big posse, never, I just never had a big squad. And another thing, one of the things is because, you know, I'm just like that lone wolf. I always went on my own path. I don't know if, but I'm open to go seeing a therapist now. But man, if you can, you know, shit, go do it, you know, and 18, fuck, man, you're so young. You have so much life. You have three lifetimes. Imagine that, all right? I'm damn near 30 years older than you. So, you know, you got a lot of life, life to live in, and um, I wish the best for you, man. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, Omizi1112 writes, uh, congrats on 100. I appreciate you always keeping the 100. Spitting free game to those who actually listen. Uh, question coming out the pandemic: What job industry or market do you think will skyrocket? Thanks again. <sighs> you know, uh, during um, recessions and depressions, which we, I've never been in a depression before. I've been in a recession. You know, uh, we haven't seen the worst of it yet, as far as financial situations and and the economy. I, I think next year could be the well. It's going to be. I just don't know how bad, but it's going to be the worst that we've seen it. And um, it's weird because there's still, it's really fucking weird. The rich people are definitely, you know, spending here and there. Other people are just, it's, I don't know, man. It's just some people are being smart. Some people aren't. As far as the job industry, I think animation is a great business to be in because you don't need to worry about actors. Um, you don't need to worry about social distancing and shit like that. You know, you're, you're if you're in animation, you're drawing, you're an artist, you're drawing that boom. Um, you know, gaming's always done well. But the thing is this, I think at a certain point, you know, some people think they need video games, to, you know, to relate, release, you know, some stress and, and have fun. But some people won't have that time to do to have that fun. I really think that for the first time ever, because the movie business has never been hurt before. And now it is because of social distancing and everything else. So the streaming is around. The thing is, do people have this money to stream? That's the issue. Some of them don't. And it's just not it's not the same anymore. People are even canceling their subscriptions to Netflix and things like that. Netflix was up during the early parts. And then. This shit locked down for longer than people thought and people lost their jobs. We don't have money. So when it comes down to it, it's like, all right, do I want to eat? Do I need to fade my kid? Or do I want to watch Netflix? You already know what the answer to that is. So, I mean, I think certain parts of alcohol, you know, if you're in the liquor business, I think, you know, those will obviously do well. You know, PPE is real tough. 
as far as like that business, you know, like the masks and everything else. People are going to need them, but it's just so much competition now. It's saturated just as, you know, people thought it'd be. So, you know, um, it's a tough one. You know, artists, if you know what you're doing and you're smart, yeah, cool. E-commerce should be good, but it's like, you know, you got Amazon. It's like someone has to take Amazon the fuck out, but that's, that's just my personal, you know, that's, that's all I can really talk about. Uh, JLabs808 writes, what did you learn from podcasting pros and cons? Um, what did I learn? I learned that I have my own platform and I could say what the fuck I want to. Um, if people were to say, uh, we're going to cancel Ben, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, that means listeners, right? At the end of the day, whether 17 people listen or a hundred thousand or 1 million people listen, guess what? doesn't matter if anyone cancels me. I'm going to say what the fuck. I'm going to still talk the same. I honestly don't know. I mean, I do know the Dust Brothers tell me what my numbers are and I know how big our show is and I know that we chart anytime I put an episode out and it gets higher. The more I, I podcast, the better my numbers are. But I learned that I have a very powerful platform, so I do have to be careful with it. It's like having you know, a weapon, like being like uh, knowing boxing or mixed martial arts or any kind of martial arts. You got to be careful. You can't just hit somebody that doesn't understand the science of fighting and things like that. Um, the cons of podcasting, you know what? It does take a lot of time. It was a side thing as a hobby. It is a full-time gig almost. It is at the same time, my interest, it's taken my interest over more than anything else. Um, but more importantly, what did you learn from podcasting? You know, I mean, do you listen? Do you want to have a podcast? If you do hit up the dust brothers and, uh, let's go to the next question. Uh, Isaac G 93 writes question for 727. Uh, I've been listening to your show since day one, man. Congrats on 100. So dope. My question is, what do you advise someone who is trying to get started with their own company or something? I've been trying to quit my job to do something for myself. I've been at it forever though. And I can't quit. I always get scared. Is there any advice you can give to those who want to quit their nine to fives and just hustle for themselves? You know, bro, this is the thing, man. Until you figure out what the fuck it is, you know, it it could be you want to sell Twix and Snickers and you want to sell a lot of them. You know, I'm being dead serious. It's like, look, let's say you want to go to Costco and buy fucking boxes and boxes of Snickers and go in somewhere and be like, hey, listen, you guys hungry? Yeah, boom. And you're buying the Snickers for like fucking, you know, 30 to 40 cents a fucking candy bar. And then you want to sell them for $2. Just, I'm, I'm just saying, at least you have somewhat of an idea of a plan. If you have no fucking idea and you want to just start a company and have an LLC for no reason, I mean, what the fuck is the point? You know, you're just wasting time. Now, this is the thing. If you can take advantage of getting that check, I mean, you know, it's really bad. I I would hate for one of my employees to to be doing something else at the same time while they're working for me and certain things. It's like, you know, I think I pay them well enough to where they should give me their undivided attention. But if you have a nine to five to where you can occupy yourself doing something on the side, I would do that first. Figure out what the fuck you want to do first so that you still have that check. If you were to get let go, you know, cool. You know, I mean, if there's unemployment, but I wouldn't quit until you have a plan. And in order to have a plan, you need to figure something out. And whether it just be doing that, trust me, getting an LLC and a business license and all that stuff and everything else, it's a lot better. You'll set yourself up tax-wise better. You incorporate yourself. You're going to save yourself you know, look into doing, um, I don't know if you're in Florida, if you're in Nevada, if you are, don't worry about, you know, obviously fucking income tax and shit like that. But, uh, you know, Delaware, Montana Corp, look into those things, but you got to have a plan first. You can't just fucking quit, dog. You just can't. I'm not out. Of course, I'd be scared too. Um, MDog213 writes, what did Nipsey leave you? Um, RIP Nipsey, a legend. What did he leave you? Not materialistic, but, you know, lesson wise. What's one thing you always remember from him? 
What did you learn from the legend? Um, you know, I say this a lot. And remember, Nipsey's younger than me. In some ways, he said some things that I felt like, damn, this dude's, you know, wiser than me in certain ways. You know, I knew Nipsey early on in his career when I thought he was dope. I thought he was spitting, you know, and this is like, I mean, nobody knew him, you know. And, um, oh, man, I was going to get into a Forrest Gump story, but you know what? I ended up pissing off Tyler, the creator. I already know. And it's a touchy subject, but they had some weird beef. But, uh, you know, he bet on himself. Um, the prices of Crenshaw hoodies and things like that, he wasn't selling them shits for cheap. You know what I mean? Like he just knew he had a brand that was cool and it was something nostalgic and it was, it was, uh, you know, in the hood, Crenshaw Slauson. He, you know, where people might sell, you know, uh, a hoodie and, uh, whatever quality it may be, you know, a top and a bottom, you know, someplace average, you might get like 60 bucks, you know, and then maybe 40 to 60 for the sweatpants, whatever. And let's say it's 120. That's even on a high end, whatever. That'd be like streetwear. You know, Nipsey was selling these shits for like 250. And he bet on himself. He sold mixtapes, right? He sold a thousand mixtapes for a thousand dollars. You know, he was just really smart about his business. Now, on top of that, I mean, obviously he bet on himself. You know, he was, he was very smart about owning his own masters, owning his own, you know, when I was with him three days before he died, he just closed escrow on fucking Marathon Store. He owned the business. That strip mall he owned now. He was owner. He was owner of it. And just, that was one thing. Um, another thing too is, you know, we talked about, you know, Shitty, who's, who's um, the dude who shot him. And we just talked about your haters and, and just, you know, you got to go out there and just people loving you, you know, after you pass. And it's just such a fucking trip, man. You know, some people say, hey, man, you got privilege and blah, blah, whatever. I ain't talking about Nipsey. I'm talking about anyone in general. You could be white, you could be black, whatever. But of course, um, in general, do, white people definitely do have a little more privilege. It's fucked up. It's the truth. But, you know, when you think about, let's say, someone from the hood that don't know that Nipsey is always in the hood. People knew after. A lot of street people knew during. Still a lot of people didn't know. But like, you know, when you come up and you work so fucking hard, and you came from nothing, or you, your parents came from fucking, you know, for, uh, immigrants, and you just, you know, there's a story, and you come out on top, and you're finally living, and you got a fucking, you know, you have a, a celebrity girlfriend, you know, you you got kids, you everything is good, you're on the up and up, and you're about to just go even bigger, and then your story ends, but before that, it's like, you know, I was with fucking Nipsey at Nobu in Malibu, we're chilling, and some people may look at him like, oh man, you know, like, and it, but it could be me too. Be like, man, you know, this dude, like, oh, he's out here, you know, living, flossing and dawson, you know what I'm saying? And just living his life and doing that and whatever. And good for him, must be nice. They don't fucking know how many hours of work Nipsey put in on the street, how many hours of work he put in grinding, how many countless nights. You know, again, he had late nights and early mornings. He always talks about that. One of his songs on Marathon is that. It's just people will never understand. They're always going to hate. So you got to just fucking do you. But what I did learn after he died was how many people followed him when he died and was, you know, respected him as a legend. It's just like, yo, man, why didn't you fuck with him when he was alive? It is just crazy. That's as much as I can say about that. Um, the Kid Saint writes, new homeowner, hey, Ben, recently bought my first home and busted my ass to get it. Do you have any advice for me being a new homeowner? Um, make sure you got, you know, extra homeowner's insurance. Uh, remember, you're not a motherfucking, you're not renting anymore. I don't know how old you are. You know, sometimes I forget like, damn, you think that someone's going to come by and fix the fucking sink or do certain shit like that. You know, um, look up in a, look up, uh, solar panels so that, you know, you can save up money on energy and things like that and being a more, you know, sustainable, efficient home and things like that. Um, 
There's just small little things you could do. I don't know if it's a new construction home. There's certain things, you know, pull the, you know, depending on where you live, maybe put a gate. Anything that will bring property value up to your house, I would do that. Uh, obviously, if you can, after you get your home, depending on the area you're in, you know, if you're in a really good area and you bank on the value of your whole house going up, fuck, man, I, I would, you know, refinance, do an interest-only loan, you know, 10-year, and, um, you know, bank on the, your property value going up. And uh, you worrying about, you know, just uh, paying a low payment because that situation is just a fucking nightmare for your first 10 years anyways. But uh, those are the simple things, man. Make sure you got everything covered, though. You know what I'm saying? And see, Angela Rochelle writes, hey, Ben, love your podcast. Question, when did you know that Nicolette was the one? Also, I love her name and Kaya's name. Um, You know what? Nicolette is a very strong, believe it or not, independent woman. She doesn't want to ask me for money. She doesn't want to do that. She had her own business. She did her own thing. She, before me, was with a very successful person and then left him to go with a dude who was nowhere near as successful and then was like, this is my interpretation, though. You know what I mean? I don't want to be like, you know, she was like, fuck this. I need to level up, like, you know, because I'm out here. Um, I'm, I have a Porsche on my own. She's, you know, she had a Beverly Hills apartment, a Porsche, and she was doing her own thing. And, um, that, that meant a lot. She knew her own value in certain things. And, um, I just knew that she was ready for motherhood. And, uh, even before all that, that's why we moved so fucking fast. You know, we got engaged so fast. We had a kid after the engagement, you know, and like she was pregnant during the wedding and it was just, just new, man. All the stars were aligned. Everything was right. And, um, yeah, it was crazy. And actually, to tell you the truth, Kaya was originally influenced from K-A-Y-A because it meant weed in Jamaican culture, you know, so. Hidden Valley Kid writes Q&A. Hey, Ben, I'll admit that I'm new to you and your podcast. I heard my friend Jordan's music was on here, so I had to give it a listen, and I'm hooked. My question is, would you ever bring Lakey on as a guest? His positive mindset and drive are infectious. One more question. Do you have a favorite album by any artist, by an artist some fans may not expect? If you read this, thank you for your time. Your podcast is my favorite because you're nothing but yourself. You're real and anyone can respect that. Uh, appreciate it, man. Thank you. Uh, Lakey, yeah, man, I'd love to have Lakey on the show if he wants to. He's just a super studio rat, chills out, you know what I mean? Now I put him up on some, some Korean barbecue spots and things, you know what I mean? He lives in K-Town and he's doing his thing. I would definitely have Lakey on the show anytime. Um, favorite album by an artist some fans may not expect. <sighs> Fuck, man. Maybe Led Zeppelin number four. Shit. Steel Pulse. Uh, True Democracy. I'm trying to think of what else is like. The Specials first album. Um, Cure, Staring at the Sea is probably one of my favorite albums of all motherfucking time. Uh, those are pretty things I, I think that people probably wouldn't, wouldn't think. But uh, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Uh, Rob Steezy writes, hey, what's up? Got a couple questions. Ben, you hope you and the family are well. Big fan of the podcast and stay one. Much love from Paramount. When your kids were born, who chose the names and where'd you come the names from? Shout out uh, you, my bubs, for that question. Uh, I guess that's maybe his girlfriend. I don't know. Deciding on gifting myself a Rolex soon between two. Which one would you recommend? Getting a steel date list, date just 41 millimeter steel yellow gold or a submariner steel yellow gold blue face. Um, first off, when it came to the kids' names, me and my wife were just both, you know, we were, we we're both on it. Uh, London is uh, something that hit immediately. My wife used to live in London. I was kind of named after Big Ben, you know, the, the clock, uh, the tower in, in London, and which is very fond of, of London in the UK. So it was like one thing that just hit immediately. 
um, Ryder, it was just, he just, it's fucking crazy because it fits him perfectly. Ryder, you know what I mean? A motherfucker who's a, who's a ride or die, he's a crazy ass kid. And then Kaya uh, came from um, the meaning of like water and uh, also uh, it meant weed. And it was just like, it just like to say it the way it sounded. Um, as far as the Rolexes, you know, both of them do pretty cool. Datejust 41 millimeter steel yellow gold looks good. You know, I'm not really a big fan of two tones, just me personally. Um, if anything, I like the two-tone uh, rose better, but I think the two-tone yellow gold would sell better. Um, if you're thinking about an investment, I think the Submariner might sell better and it would it would hold up better, but I don't really like two-tone watches, so I, it, it's tough to say. You know, that, those are two just, just I don't know, it, it's a toss-up. It really is, man. It's like it's like asking somebody if they want an E63 Benz or an M5. It's really, it's just, it's just preference at that point, what you like, what you know. Uh, remember the the Submariner is a forty millimeter, so the Datejust got you know got a little bigger face. Rachel De Ramos, uh, Tito Ben, my husband is a huge fan of yours, and I'm a huge fan of Nick, mom of three who listened to all your episodes while the kids go down for a nap. A hundred episodes really flew by. I truly appreciate you showing women mad love on the podcast. I wanted to know what is your status on your hair situation. My husband is super insecure as he's pushing thirty and already balding. I've researched on the hair transplant and I'm extremely nervous about the surgery. How do you find a reputable surgeon? Is it referred based? Would you be able to refer him to an average Joe like him? I know it sounds crazy, but I want him to feel good about himself as he is such an amazing guy. You know what? I've never, ever, ever been insecure about the hair. You know, it kind of sucked. I was like, eh, you know, whatever it lost. You know, when I had hair, I, I would rock a bald head here and there. And then I rock where I grew my hair out. And I thought about it now. It's like, you know, now there's so much amazing technology. My boy Paul, who's been on the show, is one of my best friends. He's Kai's godfather. He found an amazing person in Los Angeles. He's doing a consultation. He wants to pay for mine, wants me to get it done. And I'm on the fence. I don't know. I might do it. But I do know for sure that Tyga, yes, the rapper Tyga. Has Tyga been on my show? I can't think about I talk about I talk to Tyga so much in real life. He has somebody who is fucking amazing because Tyga's for uh, his hairline was horrible. No offense, that's my bro. I love him, and uh, it was bad at a really young age. Shit, he was fucking in his teens. Do you know what I mean? And it was, it was. He had a fucked up hairline, and he got a doctor, and now he's got hair. He's got braids. He's got long hair. It's crazy. And he hooked up Tory Lanes. I could try to find out through them. Um, Paul will be, you know, actually both of them are going to be probably around the same price. I don't know, but I do know just even in the last year. Technology has gotten a lot better, but tell you, you'll tell your husband. It, unless he doesn't look good with the bald head, tell him it's all good and you love him regardless. But if he's insecure about it, then you know. Um, hopefully, this works out. Uh, you're gonna have to remind me, and I will ask my boys and get that name for you. Michael Farkas writes retro band. A few episodes back, you discussed the possibility of leaving VVS behind, and they got me thinking about your prior work and collaborations. After multiple successful products with Network and presented by, would you ever attempt to revise Superism? I was a fan of your men's collection and tracking down prices these days has been able to next to impossible on grilled. Much love to you and your old uh, and your family, old boy. Um, you know what, bro? I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be really fucking for real with you. Besides John Elliott and like a mixture between Jolly and Kith. And um, it's not really fear God any of that, but it's like more like, you know, a more elongated Mark Jacobs fit. Uh, you know, it's just superism was really fucking amazing. Anybody who ever owned any superism clothes would know the quality was a one. Quality was Saint Laurent level. 
The designs were really simple and clean. I loved it. It was great. You know what? It just had no marketing. It didn't have the, not my marketing, but I mean enough marketing to push it through. And that's why the kids line was dope. And then it just didn't, I didn't have the time. Those were businesses that did okay. And then, you know, I didn't have, it was like, all right, do I go full time with this or do I do something else? It'd be, man, it was great. I love the name, everything. I mean, Aesop Rocky ended up buying it and become partner. And then it just, he's too fucking busy for anything. I mean, man, the clothes were fucking really good though. It's just sad. You see things that blow up and the clothes suck and this is like, yeah, but no, I don't have the fucking time. <laughs> I'm, I'm way too busy, man. Jason X Mart writes, yo, what's poppin'? Love the podcast. Quick question. Would you ever consider turning your life story into a movie? Your upbringing in every generation you have lived is plenty of milestones. Just curious if you're interested. Uh, yeah, I've talked about it on the show. So if you've been listening to the show, you know, I've, I've mentioned it. But it is a very long process. Uh, what's I'm starting next is the Air Max documentary, the Air Max crew, M-A-C-K-S, with Homicide and Rest in Peace, DJ AM. Um, that might spark something else. And I got something else uh, that I'm working on. We'll see who knows. But it ain't like something easy. Uh, Kingston 82, congratulations on 100. What's up with you and LeBron? What's up is nothing. Um, to tell you the truth, I know it sounds crazy. I never really liked dude. And then there was an issue where, um, you know, I think it started from, I mean, I just never really, really fuck with dude. You know, I was more of a Kobe fan. And then he did the, the big three move and did the super team and did the way he announced the super, that this, that, whatever. And you know what they say, Hey man, if someone fucked your mom blah, blah, I don't even know if that's the exact reason that Delonte West shit. I don't know. Could be, I don't know. Sounds like it could be, I don't know. But just the whole way that, that was done was bitch made. That was just my personal opinion. I didn't fuck with him. I didn't really rock with him. I didn't rock with his fan base. And then he went back to Cleveland. When he went back to Cleveland, he earned a little more, more respect. Whether he cares or not, whether you guys give a fuck, I don't care. It's just my personal opinion. And then something else happened and I just couldn't even pinpoint it. And that's why I was more embarrassing. And I was like, you know what? It, there's no reason to hate on the dude anymore. I was so petty and so stupid and I was so angry and I couldn't figure the fuck out. And it was totally the opposite of Mike Rapport. Mike Rapport would give him his propers. I wouldn't. And, you know, he's a Laker now, so it's even more difficult. It's just weird. So I've just let it go. And the sad thing is that I was mad for so long for really a stupid-ass reason, you know. Um, and by the way, does, does that mean I'm going to jump on the bandwagon? No, not at all. You know, if he brought us a championship, I still would. It wouldn't change like anything. Like, I'd like him anymore. No. Um, Ed Mita writes, hey, Ben, will you ever release an all-gold ATM? Would be dope for the man cave. <laughs> I mean, shit, that is a process. Now, I, I, that would be way too much money. Um, I do have some amazing gold products coming out. The stuff that I haven't mentioned here, and we're doing some R&D on it right now. It's going to be fucking amazing. Uh, AMW writes, Day Oneer, been listening to the pod every episode since the first drop. Appreciate all the free game. If you still had all your dunks from back in the day, what would you price them at currently? Also, do you see the United States convert into a digital cryptocurrency with the recent coin shortage and the trillions of dollars they keep printing into the market? Uh, first things first, all the dunks. Price, I mean, yeah, dunks are back. You know, even golden rods are like so hard to find. And I want a pair, you know. Riff tried to give me a pair a year ago and I don't know why I didn't take them. It's fucking stupid. Especially when people like Ian Carter and other people were bringing SBs back over a year ago before any of the rappers were really doing it. And like Travis Scott was following the swag and everything. And then, um, I don't know, man, you know, it's, it's, what do you mean? how can I price like, you know, Paris dunks and shit like that? And even the LeBron shits that I had, and these are really priceless items. You know, some of these things are 50,000, you know, 60, 70,000, you know, 20,000, 5,000. It's, it's really, you have to give me more specific dunks that you talk about, you know, um, 
the thing about me and my dunk collection was I never paid over retail. And I was always hooked up. Supreme Dunks, whatever the fuck it was. Zoo Yorks. Even the Parises, I think I paid a few Gs for. Um, cryptocurrency. I don't know it well enough to fuck with it. From people I know that know it very well, they swear by it. But at the same time, is it going to, you know, are we going to convert to it? I don't know, man. It's going to be a minute. Cash is still king right now. And it's just a, it's a weird situation. Um, crypto is definitely a good way to hide from the fucking government or hide from the IRS or whatever, but it's just, it's just tricky, man. And, and I, I don't want to give you advice that I'm not an expert in that field. So I don't want to do that. Uh, Junior Melendez writes, big fan of the show, emphasis on big. You put me up on more game in these last nine episodes than I've ever been put on in my life. I appreciate you and I'm grateful for all the work you put into this pod. You have spoken a bit about your family life growing up. What made you become the father and husband you are now? First and foremost, I think from being fucking, you know, growing up, my mom and dad, and getting a mixture of both of them being not really so great parents. Um, my mom, definitely, I didn't think she didn't love me. Um, I don't think my dad didn't love me either, even though my dad was a terrible dad. It was the lack of presence. And um, I respected my mom because she had to work. It, it, the time and money was more valuable than her spending time with me. As crazy as that sounds, because she had a bigger plan for me. And without that, she couldn't have. And, and, and I think it's very powerful that I understand that difference because now I find a balance where, okay, look, still spending more time than, than the average dad and at the same time making more money than the average dad. So it's like, it, it's a win situation. So the formula is working. And uh, that's just all those years, again, my ass whip and just trouble and everything and and visualizing what I want for my children and, and my, my life and, and my inner peace. Uh, Kevin G writes episode 100 question. Hey Ben, my name is Kevin. I'm from Oakland, California. Congrats on 100 episodes, man. Just had a quick question about jewelry for your kids. Like if Leonard Ryder wanted a big chain when they're older, at what age would you do it for them? And what would be too much in your opinion as in size or flashiness? Would you worry about them getting robbed or anything like that? Thanks. Been a big fan of yours for a long time. If Leonard Ryder wanted to get a big chain, I would be like, uh, when you guys could pay for it, you could do it on your own. And if you understand that, I still wouldn't even let them do it, man. It's not on my clock, man. Not not before 21. That's, you know, um, if I wanted to gift them a watch that they were here and there, boom, you know, maybe start off with the Submariners all steel. And then later, if like they just did crazy in life, you know, cool. Chain, mm, nothing more than a five, six millimeter. And, and it'd have to be something real classy and low key. Um, maybe some earrings that would be real low key. Other than that, yeah. That just ain't going to happen, man. It's not really... Man, if y'all even really saw me in real life, it's just things are just different, man. Uh, Mauricio Moon Guia, congrats on episode 100. Hey, Ben, how does one stop overthinking? Uh, you don't, man. You just drive yourself crazy until you you find that, that thin line between borderline crazy and saying, fuck it, I'm just going to give up. That's as best as I can say it. Hey man, I struggle with that same situation. Rosa M. Rodriguez writes, love the podcast. Hey Ben, huge fan. Was actually introduced to your podcast by my fiance, Brian, uh, Premier Vibes. I've really enjoyed your podcast, especially during this time. Always look forward to new drops. My fiance and I, and I have been together for 10 years. We were supposed to get married this year in June, but unfortunately COVID ruined that. We are both self-made. He is a serial entrepreneur and I work in medical sales. We work really hard to get where we are, continuously working on building our empire. 
my question for you is what are some investments you recommend to help us secure us as we begin to think about having a family in our future? Um, find somebody who's really good in stocks. Find somebody who's really good in hedge funds. Find some good, I mean, I don't know what kind of money you're working with, you know. Um, gold is a little bit out of control right now. I wouldn't spend $1,900 right now on an ounce. It's just a little too crazy. Silver is something I'm going to start buying. The only thing that sucks about silver, it's so fucking heavy. There's so much. It's like, you know, but silver is starting to go up and, and I'm going to take a little chance on that. You know, I read some business pages sometimes here and there on Instagram and just some of them make sense, some of them don't, but there are some, you know, sorry, savings accounts, you know what I mean? Like, like, like money market accounts. And there's things with certain interests where, you know, $400 a month over 30, 40 years, you know, ends up being millions later. And it's crazy. You don't think about that. I didn't think about it. Um, it's for someone who, I don't know, 20 years, 20 or 30 years or so, I forgot what the number was, but you know, even if you did it now and you know, your kids end up being 20, it's like, you know, some people spend 400 bucks a month on a car. It's the average price to spend on a car payment. And it's like, to me, I don't, I mean, no offense, but you know, fuck my bills are, you know, in the $20,000 range a week to think that I could save that and have millions for the kids later, even for Kaya to set it up. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about it. Uh, I've never really been big on stocks though, you know, so there's been opportunities with more so my company has been obviously in, in the e-commerce and, and, and the shit that I've been doing recently, the chains have been good, but you know, um, just a couple properties that have jump started, you know, like I, I've always made small money and done it a lot of times, meaning, you know, sell something for $20 and do thousands and thousands of those, you know, it's, it's different. Um, I did buy a place though, you know, for 800 grand and sold it for two mil. So, you know, that's like a nice little chunk of change. And I do little flips like that here and there, but, uh, Hey, Jordan, you know, producer, one half of the dust brothers, he was supposed to get married on 4th of July. So you're not the only one. It's crazy. Hope you guys uh, figure it out. But, you know, finding a good wealth advisor to someone who is successful, even when someone's smart and successful, they always have an advisor. I have one. Suleiman is amazing. And you just fucking, you know, they will give you the right places and to put your money. Uh, Andy B185 writes, past relationship question. Hey, Ben, been a fan for a long time. Have been listening to your pod since episode one. I remember hearing on a previous episode of your previous fiance and how tough it was for you to handle the breakup after. I just recently got out of a serious long-term relationship, found a kid, found out she left me because she was seeing someone else. Are you able to provide me any advice on how to stay focused and help with the healing process? Um, you know, my previous fiance that left me, that was in 2004. And she left me because I cheated on her. So, you know, there's really, you know, not much like I can really, you know, say. I mean, you know, I think the guilt is what fucked me up is that, you know, I had, you know, uh, a great woman, so to say, you know, who knows, I have, I have a way better person now, right? You know, but, you know, the only thing that helped more than anything was when older, wiser, calmer individuals would tell me, time heals everything. There is nothing else you can do. The pain process, the, the hurt process, the time frame of, of being bummed out and everything else, it's like, look, man, anything that you can do. Uh, sometimes it's difficult going to see a movie. It, it's difficult being around friends right now because of the situation with social distancing. You know, whoever you're, you're quarantining with, if you're quarantining by yourself, man, that's a tough one too. Um, but again, 
whatever you're doing to survive on a daily basis, man, start getting into a, you know, um, a schedule to where you repeat that until it just so much time has gone by and you just, you know, but, but again, there's nothing I could do to help you to get rid of the pain. It's just going to happen. Uh, don't go to the bottle. Don't go to drugs. It's just going to happen. Let that shit happen. Let that pain happen. It has to happen. There's no getting over that. That's as, as best as I can tell you. So basically, you know, you can try to put a Band-Aid, but when it comes to your heart, there really is no Band-Aid, man. You just have to let that motherfucker heal. And that only is healed by T-I-M-E. Uh, what would you rather? Uh, Preciado593 writes, what's good, Ben? Listen to the past since episode one, been following you for years. I wanted to ask, what would you rather experience with your two sons when they're a little older? The Seahawks win a Super Bowl and y'all being there to watch it or the Lakers take the championship in game seven in L.A.? Also, I wanted to see if you had any stories about any of the guys from the show Entourage or if you've ever had an offer to be a cameo on the show. Thanks, Ben. Big fan from Texas, El Paso. Um, yeah, probably Lakers, man. I have more history with that. You know what I mean? The Seahawks is more, you know, I'm, I'm barely getting on my decade. Uh, the Lakers, we're talking 40 years now, different type of thing. Um, as far as the show Entourage, uh, E, you know, Kevin and me have been friends for shit almost 30 years and he has a podcast coming out now i just did a podcast his show and i did a it was more of a mystery documentary type thing and he's he's doing his thing he's actually got reconnected with me through he follows me on instagram but um i didn't fucking follow him back i don't know but anyways e you know from the show he um and obviously it's about mark Wahlberg. me and mark Wahlberg go back but e was the only one i was really cool with as far as turtle i really didn't really know turtle i, I really didn't know too many people on the show obviously you know, um, my boy Scott Venner is a music coordinator on the show and Doug Ellen and those people. But um, there was an episode where DJ Am, obviously, you know, if you've been following me for a long time uh, or way before the podcast, you know, uh, Am was in the crew with me, DJ, uh, you know, Air Max crew. And uh, there was an episode where he did the sneakerhead shit and I was going to do something with him on that. But that was the only time. I, you know what? My wife, Nicolette, was was on Entourage. Like, I think she's on two episodes. It's really funny to say that just as an extra. Uh, it's funny. Um, CT Homegrown writes, congratulations on 100. Hey, Ben, my name is Mike from Connecticut. Congratulations on 100 episodes. I have listened to all of them since episode one. And the information you share has helped me out tremendously. There's a lot of negative in the world today because of COVID. But like you, I have had my best year in 2020 and I thought I would share it to give you hope, give hope to even one person struggling out there. That right there, let me stop you because you have a lot to, to write. That is amazing that you want to help somebody that's struggling that that's fucking awesome uh january bought my first house right before the shutdown in march i got a new job and fortunately work for the company has been has had zero layoffs or pay cuts due to covid bought a new car recently engaged and soon to be a father to a son in early november being 25 years old i was extremely nervous to become a dad listen to you talk about your children especially father's day episode has calmed me those nerves and i'm extremely excited for this next chapter in life what would you in your opinion be the most important piece of advice to a new young parent Thanks. I wish nothing but happiness and good health to you and your family. Um, I know this is a financial situation. You said you're good and you're secure. So with that said, this is when you spend less and you make sure that you are 100% secure and you have a a cushion, more than a cushion, you know. Um, get a bank account in his name. Obviously, you get Social Security and all that stuff. You're going to set that all up the day he's born. And then... Uh, you get all that stuff and then take it to a bank and get, a, get an account and set up a little savings form, whatever. Um, as far as the actual parent 
I mean, you know, me and my wife just kind of learned as it went along. You know, we didn't even go to Lamaze classes. We didn't, and we did one time, but it was like, you know, you just learn, man. You know, there's one advice I'll tell you this. Well, be careful because obviously COVID's all around. I couldn't imagine being in a hospital, having to deliver a baby when all this shit is going on. It's just crazy. I don't know when your due date is, but if you have a baby shower, look, fuck getting all those crazy ass things on your list. Ask people to give you wipes and diapers. That's what you're going to need the most. Ask for that. Don't ask for fucking anything else. All the other crazy, fancy shit, whatever the fuck it is, strollers, anything, just get on your own. Don't ask anybody else, especially in these times where things are tough. And if they're going to give you shit and you got to do it on yourself, just make sure you get a lot of diapers and wipes. And one key advice, man, get the baby wipe warmer. When you are cleaning your baby at two in the morning, three in the morning, he doesn't have that cold baby wipe hitting his butt or her butt and she'll scream or whatever else. Other than that, man, understand that when that baby is born, it is not about you anymore. It's not about your wife. It's not about either one of you. It is about that kid completely. And once you understand that, you will have a different motivation. I hope, you know, some people don't, but yeah, everything stopped and the world stopped. That was it. That, that is, uh, you know, my fucking, that is my life. Um, Christoph3637 uh, writes, if both the Lakers and Dodgers win a championship this year and being a huge fan of both, which team would you be more honored to design and create a championship ring for and why? Uh, the Lakers, 100%. But the Dodgers, I even have a little bit more history with. Uh, you know what, man? It's it's like, would I want a LaFerrari or P1? I want the LaFerrari, but I mean, I'm just saying it's, it's you know, you win either way, man. I'm good. I, I think that my boy Jason of Beverly Hills still has a contract because he has a relationship with the Bus family. The Dodger thing seems more realistic. I'm starting to build a much more stronger relationship with them. I got a project plan with them next year. And, uh, you know, it, it would be fucking, it'd be amazing. And especially because, yeah, it could happen. It's crazy. JBen72 writes, one and only podcast. Been a fan of you since Nike Talk, LRG Days, RIP Jonas. This is the only podcast that I listen to. You were built for this. I appreciate the game. You preach us with no filter question. What will be the first thing you'll be doing when the world is 100% clear from coronavirus? And 100%, uh, episode 100 guest, Eddie Huang. Uh, no, Eddie's my boy. You know, it's funny you said that, man. Eddie's my boy. I've known Eddie since, you know, uh, before the show happened and his uh, book, Fresh Off the Boat. Um, it's funny, man, because we're doing the shit through uh, digital phone calls. He's in Taiwan. That's where he's been quarantining and everything. I'd have Eddie on the show. I'm, you know, I'm really glad you suggested that. That's my boy. He wouldn't be this. Um, episode 100 is going to be my wife. And uh, obviously, you heard it is my wife. Um, but uh, the first thing I'm going to do when I'm, if the world is cleared, I am getting on a plane and I'm going to either uh, London, south of France. You know, most likely, to be honest with you, fuck this. I'm going to Tokyo for at least a week or two. And I'm going to stay at the Park Hyatt. And I'm going to be fucking sitting in the presidential suite. And I'm going to be chilling. And I'm going to be eating motherfucking katsu sandwiches. Um, I'm going to be eating motherfucking unagi don. I'm going to be out there acting a fool, eating ramen. And just eating my Luke's lobster fucking, you know, rolls and all that shit. And I'm just going to be living, chilling. Going to see my boy, um... Coffee and all that shit. I'm gonna be. I'm, I'm gonna be out there in Harajuku, Ginza, and fucking Rapongi. I'm gonna be out there chilling. That's believe it. I, I can't wait for that, man. Uh, young Mad Madhiri writes favorite podcast. Much love from Texas. I'm a 20 year old college student. I'm wondering if you have any advice for young people struggling with finding their calling in life. I know you've discussed similar topics on the podcast before, but do you have any other tips for kids who are just starting out and don't have crazy money? As to buying a first car, getting a first apartment, etc. Man, dude, I I mean, psh, starting out, you know, I mean, shit. 
when I'm starting out again, you know, I'm working for, you know, I'm working at a restaurant that doesn't really, that's not really somewhere you want to work right now. You know, I mean, it's Uber, you know, the world has changed. You know, when I think when, when I have friends come over and they, you know, talk to me and my wife and they show me what dating is like in 2020 and it's apps, it's like, and I'm talking about before Corona, you're like, you know, it's apps. You don't really go out and meet people. It's fucking weird. You know, that shit is just weird. Um, I don't even know where to begin to get a starting job. I wouldn't even know, uh, you know, but I do know that, you know, there's things that people do. You can learn how to design online, be a graphic designer, learn Photoshop, learn Illustrator, things like that. People are always looking for graphics and that is something that comes in handy. Uh, getting a first apartment, obviously easier if you have a roommate. I don't even know where to fucking begin to look for an apartment. I have not lived in an apartment in, I haven't paid rent somewhere like in an apartment like in like 16 years or so. So I, I can't really talk. As far as getting a first car, if your credit is good, and I've said this already now, I know you're 20 years old, but there are, uh, you know, again, I've seen Hondas that are like fucking 199 a month or something like crazy, crazy cheap. And um, I don't know if they have those deals anymore, but I know there's cars that are out there for really low. I would obviously do that. But then some people are like, well, you know, I want to have a car longer. I don't know, man. You know, I do know that some people are like, well, boom, you know, it's nice having a used car and have it for 10 years and you don't know, give a fuck. I paid $1,800 for it. Then you got to worry about the car breaking down and the upkeep and this other shit. There's a lot of different upsides to, to having a used car and certain things. But if you want a reliable car, obviously you want to get a Honda or you want to get a fucking Toyota. It's going to be great on gas. And the engines, those engines last fucking two, 300,000 miles, man. Good luck to you, the homie. And I appreciate you listening to this show. Uh, a Shells writes, A Tito Ben, have you ever had any pets growing up or in the past? Or would you have any in the future? Uh, yes, I had a dog. His name was uh, Smokey. And then I had a cat named Fat Freddy who I had from age eight to 22, this motherfucking cat moved with me to the bay twice, bay, back home to the bay again, like, um, I had a dog named Teddy, and, uh, my wife had four dogs when we first started dating, uh, London was allergic to the dogs, um, the dogs are very old now, and they passed away, there's one dog left that we have in the family, but, uh, we're waiting for London to get past these allergies. And then, yeah, I definitely want to get a Labradoodle. And Ryder really wants a French uh, Bulldog super bad. He's been begging for it. We have the last question of episode 100. June Tao 916 writes, COVID baller, what's up, Ben? Longtime follower, all-time supporter, loyal listener. I hope all is well with you. Just wanted to ask, if a shoe brand reached out to you to do a shoe with you, what brand would you choose and why? Um, I would definitely probably choose a Nike or a Jordan. And I know you think people think that Jordan immediately is, but it, Jordan brand is really its own marketing brand and its own, it's a whole different division. Even though they share a campus, it's two different marketing teams, two different things. Um, I think even Jordan over, over Nike, just because I've always been a Jordan dude, but you know, it's, it's up in the air. Like if, you know, Yeezy's never really done a shoe with anybody else. So it's his own shoe. I would do something with Kanye and do something that was like a Yeezy brand shoe that was off side. That'd be, you know what I'm saying? Like a shoe that was under Yeezy brand that wasn't his. Like, I know he has a 380, 350, 750, blah, blah, whatever. But if he did like a 420, you know what I'm saying? And it was like, it was a BZ boost or some shit. I don't know. But, uh, you know, a Jordan 1, Jordan 4, Jordan 3 would be something I'd like to do. And I want to do something totally different than everyone else. But yeah, man, hey, that is it. Holy shit. That was almost an hour of questions. And look, guys, man, God bless you guys. And uh, 
right about now. My man LL, aka at Lakey Inspired, is going to play some music, and then we're going to get to the outro of the show. So, yo, um, that was one of the best set of fan questions I've ever answered to date. That was really, really good. You know what else is really good? Over the weekend, Christmas came early. And the Seahawks acquired safety Jamal Adams. A vicious pass rusher. A good fucking tackler. Overall great defender. Maybe the best safety in the NFL. He is the best safety in the NFL. He was the fucking best player on the New York Jets. I am sorry. Mr. Jordan Winter. Jordan Winter is a, is a lifelong Jets fan, and I feel bad. Um, they said he was toxic in the locker room. I don't give a fuck what he was doing in the locker room. Um, I mean, whatever. He was unhappy for whatever reason. The Seahawks have a great, they have great unity already, and, and their locker room situation is great. It's just, it would he would have to figure it out, especially if you want to win, you are going to figure it out. And I think that um, positive energy and that whole vibe will drip on a Jamal. And with him and my dog, Quandre Diggs, and the rest of our DBs, we got a nice future LOB in the works. Fucking congratulations to all my 12s out there. Look, man, all the draft picks, people are like, oh, you gave too much. What the fuck are you talking about? You know, fuck the draft picks. That shit is a straight-up gamble, a lottery. And people are like, well, look at the 2017 draft. We had Mahomes. Look, bro, that don't matter for shit. Look at how many in the draft didn't do shit, okay? You can get the top five people in every single year. And if you did the math... There's very few chances of people rocking and, and, and doing their thing. Not to say that, but it's just we got somebody now who's young and we can fucking take this shit and keep going and continue the actual current legacy, not the inconsistency, all right? And we were never built on fucking, you know, uh, early draft picks and shit like that. At this point, I don't see how Clowney can sign with New Orleans or fucking the Dallas or anyone else. It's stupid. We are legit contenders to go to the Super Bowl each year and we can also now pay him too so you know there are some delusional haters out there they happen to be 49er fans and they follow me i have an insane amount of 49er fans that follow me obviously because of my ties to the bay and let me say this nobody did that fucking trade with jamal adams to stop kittles like really little i mean kittle like bro get the fuck out of here in the last seven seasons, we have won 13 games against the 49ers, okay? We lost two, okay? One was by an, in an overtime years ago, all right, by a field goal. And the other was in the last seconds of the game with a bad call, and we lost by a hair. Should have won that fucking game. It should have fucking, you know, took the fucking, it just was, it is what it is. Stop it, all right? In the last decade, the, the Niners have lost two Super Bowl appearances. They have won none, okay? Yes, they have a legacy from the late 80s and the early 90s, and before that, it was insane. Guess what? Totally fucking irrelevant because there was no consistency from the big years to the shitty ones, and it's been mostly shitty. No one cares you guys won the fucking NFC conference last year, all right? Second place and 18th place are exactly the same. If you got no chip, nobody 
fucking cares. My only worries is that our D-line is sucky, and I miss my boy Q Jeff, and we need Clowney. And right now, Miles Davis is listening to this shit like, fuck you, Ben, you bitch motherfucker. I'm not editing this fucking show today. But Miles, I love you. <laughs> it's been a right. Look, I will say this. The NFL right now, if I hope this happens, but the rivalry between the fucking Seahawks and the fucking Niners in the last seven years since the fucking NFC Championship game with fucking Crabtree and fucking Sherman is it's crazy. Insane that Sherman is up. Anyways, on to baseball. Baseball is back. With that said, it should help the hobby as well. Um, my Dodgers off to a great start, looking good against our rivals, the SF Giants. Trash. It's not terrible to watch, you know. Um, I, I've watched a few games and, and, and it's okay. Uh, I am going to start, you know, paying that two fifty to have my picture in the fucking in the stands, which is you know something dope. And um, I miss going to baseball games and things. And uh, but it's watchable for sure. And uh, I, th- there are some COVID issues now, some big ones too, actually, that I'm hearing out of Florida. No surprise out of Florida, right? With the fucking, uh, the, the Marlins and the Rays and all that shit and everything. I don't know. There's some issues. Anyways, look, man, I think the Dodgers are going to make a good run for the World Series. And, you know, obviously shout to my Dodgers and, and it's all love. Quickly now to basketball. Uh, look, I've tried. I've watched as much as I can. I just can't watch it, period. Sorry. Basketball is my favorite sport to watch. I love watching basketball more than any other sport that there is. And I love my Lakers more than any other team in the world. But this shit, these games, they look like practice. Practice? Yes, practice. You're talking about practice? I'm t- yes, practice. It's just fucking shitty. No matter how much fucking bleach report or highlight fucking house of highlights and all that shit in a sports center, try to make it sound crazy, you know, submit funny because they're using sound effects like yeet and all that shit. No, man. It's, you know what it's like? It's like accepting jail food because you got no other choice, right? I don't know, man. It, it just sucks. The Lakers look good, but the shit is just weird as hell, man. It's just, it's really, it doesn't feel like basketball. I don't know, man. And I guess we'll see when, once, you know, we get to a playoff situation. I, I don't fucking know. But one of my favorite ex-Lakers, Lou Will, got caught leaving the bubble and was at one of my favorite restaurants in uh, Atlanta. It's Magic City. That's the big joke right now. People are like, restaurant? Well, they serve food there. And bro, <laughs> Magic City is lit. Like, I still got my MCM, Magic City Mondays hoodie. Uh, shout out to my boy T from exclusive game in the A. But, bruh, if this was a regular season, it wouldn't even be a big fucking deal. But he left the bubble, said it was a family, or said it was an emergency, and left to go there in coronavirus in Atlanta, especially Atlanta with all the fucking COVID-19 in Atlanta and the A into a strip club. Can't believe a strip club's fucking open. Like, damn, fam. And my dude, Austin Rivers, he's a friend of mine. He's a friend of the podcast. He left the bubble for a family emergency. I hope everything is all right. I didn't hit him up because uh, it's none of my business. And uh, really, <laughs> that's all I got to say about sports for this episode. Um, you know, I, I, man, I don't know, man. It's just weird. I mean, Ben Simmons is playing cool, whatever. It's just, I'm watching these. I'm tired of watching highlights, man, of shit, man. I want to see some shit, man. But at the same time, of course, we can't because it's, this, this, I want the fucking world to get back to normal, of course. But, you know, we could have all did this shit with masks and everyone could have been... You know what? If 
I, I, I truly believe, I truly, truly believe if they made a mask mandate in January, February, they closed the border in January. Didn't even fucking, they, they were being serious about this shit. Fuck what the fuck Jordan Schachtel is talking about. He's on Twitter acting the fool. If they did make the mask mandate, did the social distance, they did this early and they allowed everyone to be on the streets and everything else and they policed it correctly. Not on this fucking bullshit and nothing else. There'd be a lot of different changes right now. I truly believe football games would be able to do what they got to do with the mask. They figure it out and there'd be way less cases. It's just the truth. But anyways, going on, I don't want to think about it. It's, it's fucking depressing me. That's just fucking sad that that's what basketball would be like. I'll take it. I won't take it. So I mean, we got other things to discuss and we'll get into sports much more deeper on episode 101. Um, P-Valley is still lit. 90 Day Fiance. Uh, it doesn't have the same gas as it has in the past, but it, it's good. It's still, still worthy of watching. Um, I saw the trailer for Bill and Ted's new movie and... Eh, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence with this. I don't know. But look, if anyone has any movie suggestions that are good, Jordan sometimes send me some, but sometimes he's just drunk and just high. And I don't know. Um, I am watching a documentary on the Golden State Killer about serial killers on HBO, and it's pretty good. Okay. Um, in other news, rest in peace to my man, John Saxon. Yes, he was in a nightmare on Elm Street. But the first time I ever saw John Saxon in a movie, and it's the only thing I could ever reference him, is that he was one of the he was one of the main characters in the greatest in one of the greatest films made in film history, and that is Bruce Lee's Enter the Dragon. And John was fucking awesome in that movie. It was fucking so good. I'm gonna have to watch uh, Enter the Dragon this week. Rest in peace to John Saxon. Um, another super legend passed away this weekend is Regis Philbin. He died. He was 88. He lived a long, full life for sure. I used to watch his morning show with, you know, with Kathy Lee. I used to have a crush on Kathy Lee. She had... Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not even going to stop. I'm not going to talk like this because my wife is on this episode and she'll listen to her. But early on... Um, you know, he had Regis and, uh, and then also, uh, what the fuck is the other chick's name? I forgot the other, but the fuck her name was, but he was the original host of who wants to be a millionaire. And there was no better host than him. That one episode of who wants to be a millionaire. Remember when, when they had the first guy who actually won the million and he got the phone call. It's like you get lifelines and he used the phone call to call his dad just to let him know that he was going to fucking win the million dollars. That was one of the illest flexes in fucking TV history ever. And the dude's face was just fucking, he was ill. He was just fucking amazing. Um, one of the things I heard about Regis Philbin is that, what was so dope to me is that he started working in the parking lot at NBC. Like, fuck, like, that's just as bad as the mailroom, I guess, you know, but he, he worked at the bottom. And then he was an intern. And then he worked all the way up. All right, he worked his way up all the way to be a news anchor personality and a nice guy. Um, I never met him. Um, did I? No. Anyways, rest in peace, legend. Salute to you. Now to some exciting good news. All right. I decided to, yes, do a quick strike re-release of my yellow gold money counters. All right. For one last final time. This is a for real promise. 
You will never see me drop yellow gold money counters, the gold Ben Ball out of the chain money counters. This is the last time, okay? If you really want to know the actual reason why I actually did this, it's because I needed, like, to have my own. I have one inside the house, but I literally got down to one left in my name because I had to do a bunch of favors and hook up some people here and there. Um, and uh, we didn't have one at my store. We don't have one at my office VVS. We just, like, I don't have one for the Bay, you know, for my fucking uh, Skypack Farm fam and my Ben Bell did the Strain fam. I don't have one in, um, there's a part of my bedroom I wanted near the closet. I just wanted to have, like, five or six for myself, okay? I had to give all my personal ones to fam. One of them got stolen. I don't know if it's from, like, fucking Super Bowl party I had here or whatever, but I just want to have some. And so I did the smallest possible run of them, right, from the factory, just so I can get my own personal money counter. So this wasn't about no fucking, you know, no profit, nothing like that. And I said, fuck it, why not? Let's do a quick release. No raffles, no drawings. Let's just put this shit out. You obviously see the shit is coming out tomorrow, all right? They release tomorrow and they're super limited, all right? I didn't give you guys a month notice, a week notice, anything like that. They're so limited that they're not going to fuck up the current resale value at all, Okay. I've seen several sneaker shops sell them for $1,500, $1,800 each and sold dozens, okay? This will never sell for under a G. Like when the dust settles, they're still going to be rocking for that price. So it's all good, okay? More importantly, make sure you download the network app because it's the only place that you can get this gold money counter. Otherwise, you're going to have to use StockX or fucking uh, eBay or whatever the fuck it is. And I guarantee this sells out in seconds. Yes, seconds, all right, literally in seconds, literally under a minute, um, may, might, might crash the fucking site. And, you know, I, th- I had some thoughts about this because we're selling this for $200, all right? The profit margin on these is really low, all right? But the resale market is super healthy, okay? But I, I just want you to understand, I could have made the price tag 350 or 400 and they're still going to sell out in seconds, and I didn't. All right, it, it wouldn't have mattered. I did it, you know, and, and because I want people to, to be able to make some money. So, look, if people were reselling these for three fifty or four hundred, like three months ago, four months ago, when I was thinking about it, I would have just bought them. I would have bought five and maybe not did the release. But the resale was so fucking high, I wasn't going to pay fifteen hundred, you know, twelve hundred for fucking for account. I was like, fuck this. So some people are going to be mad. But some are going to be very happy. And this is a dope item. It's high quality. It's fucking good. I use it all the fucking time. Um, oh, yeah. Don't forget, my second version of my gold vacuum sealer is coming. There is a new updated futuristic looking one. It's high quality. I decided to do that again, too. It's super dope, but it's totally different. And I'm still going to do limited numbers. Um, it's going to be fucking sick. I guess uh, there, there was, uh, I don't know, man, just because of COVID and shit, there was issues with the first um, sealer. Mine's works fine. Dust Brothers, I know theirs works good. My, my mother-in-law works good. My mom's works good. Everyone that has theirs works cool. I think there was a couple that were that had some issues. But um, anyways, I have a new version of that that's dropping like in a month or two. But I got my gold kilogram digital scale coming soon that is going to fucking fly the fuck out of here. Price is great on it as well. And then for Black Friday, I have a very special drop. Okay. Now, for those listening to this podcast at real time, meaning July 27th, 
It should be uh, one something. I don't know, whatever. By the time you're reading this, look, today at 5 p.m. Pacific time, I will be giving away two gold money counters on Twitter. Why Twitter? So that there is full transparency and that we can see timestamps. Okay? So 5 p.m., Los Angeles time. Tune in. Don't miss out. And good luck tomorrow on the Ben Body the Chain Gold Money Counter on the network app. Real quick about the hobby, not too much. Uh, my, my final print run on my Don Manley card was uh, 10,211 or something like that. I forgot what the exact number was. Fuck. But anyways, it was yeah, 10,200, somewhere around there. Um, but yeah, great card. I loved it. Uh, print runs are getting a lot lower. I am definitely still in the upper echelon. But real quick... Um, Cal Ripken cards should be shipping out this week or very soon, okay? Once we get past, once you guys get Jeter cards in your hands, my Ben Baller Jeter card, okay? All orders from that point on, when you order a card, you should have within one to two weeks at your doorstep. There'll be no more delays. It is just all the fucking high print runs fucked everything up, okay? You will have them shits super fast, like literally a week to two weeks Literally, as soon as the time expires on the card, boom, you will have it super fast, okay? But all the craziness to it, to, you know, with COVID and uh, the, the lesson staff, everything else is, you know. Anyways, also with the higher print runs and mine being the highest print runs of all the artists, just know this. That means my set will be more desirable, okay? Yeah, people are like, oh, it's more common. No, it doesn't matter because not everyone has a fucking Ichiro, there's only 1,340 Ichiros in existence, okay? And there's a bunch out there here and there for sale. But right now is the time for you to spend $1,200 on an Ichiro so you can complete an entire set and flip it and get your money back times two, three, maybe four. But it is a good time because once it gets closer to the end of this set, and we're not even, we're, we're about to get to card 10. By the way, card 10 is Mark McGuire. And um, we'll be halfway to the set, okay? But once we are getting close to ending this this project, everyone who's trying to complete a set is going to have to pay more for cards, of course, okay? It's like Monopoly at McDonald's and everyone is trying to find that boardwalk place because everyone has every other piece of the fucking Monopoly puzzle, except this ain't McDonald's, this ain't Monopoly, ain't no McBillions, ain't no cheating going on. This is all legit. Okay, and with the higher print runs, my APs and my one-on-ones are worth way more money, of course. All right, my boy Vegas Dave, he sold his autograph Mike Trout one of five for nine hundred ninety thousand dollars, and this week he is selling his Mike Trout one of one auto for an opening bid of a million. Okay, the hobby is crazy right now. Vegas Dave is crushing it. He spent four and a grand on that card and people thought he was crazy. Well, look, who's fucking crazy now? Okay. He's going to sell that card for over $2 million, I bet. And that shit is helping the whole fucking hobby out. In fact, my boy, Dan Fleischman, he bought my one, one gold Mike Trout. I'm going to sign it. It's going to get authenticated by Beckett. Yo, golden auctions think that that card's worth 50 grand and they'll get it. It's fucking crazy. There's, there's so many different people out there that are outside of my circle, outside of the general hobby circle. There's a lot of shit going on, okay? Um, no autograph releases this week, but my new BBDTC, 
Dodger Blue Lighter is dropping very soon. Could be this week, could be next. If it's not this week, it's next for sure. And uh, it's got the BB logo, Dodger Blue, for the Dodger season. And on the back, it says, this is not your practice life. Shit is hard as a motherfucker. And then the reorder of my black original BBDTC, it says, Ben bought it, the chain. They're coming at the same time. They're going to drop at the same time. Same low price. Um, and uh, I'm not doing sanitizer again. That's just, uh, I'm good. So those sanitizer bottles, enjoy them. They're limited. I just have no desire to do them again. Uh, T-shirts and hoodies, definitely going to work on that. Even some sweatpants. I'm going to do some dope shit. So check out bbdtc.com for the latest and greatest. By the way, if you're collecting 1,000% bare bricks, the market is up at the highest it's ever been. And it ain't going down anytime soon because I am a buyer everywhere. If that shit goes down, it is crazy. Shout out to my boy Edison Chen and my boy KP for the latest clot. Uh, Black Silk 1000% Juice Exclusive. And um, that shit's dope. Fucking tear them bitches open and get different layers of bare bricks. And this is crazy. Um, shout out to Network for the X-Girl, which is the, the girl version of Extra Large. Pink Clear 1000%. Um, I am getting close to 1,000. I'm sorry. I'm getting close to 100,000% bare brick 1,000s. It's just crazy. Um, my anxiety. It has been flaring up again. And uh, I think that because I've been eating bad, a lot of sodium, a lot of butter and everything else, a lot of fat, I gained eight pounds in the last week and a half. So I need to chill the fuck out. I need to eat a lot cleaner and I need to get into real meditation mode. I really need to figure out this yoga situation. It is just, you know, health is wealth. And I want to be here for as long as I can. But yo, guys, congrats. That is it. We did it. Episode 100 is in the can. The next milestone is very close. It is just a couple weeks away. Behind the Baller turns one years old. It is going to be a one-year-old show. I cannot wait. That is uh, um, August 8th. There will be, uh, I guess, an emergency podcast. We'll figure it out. But um, right about now, I'd like to thank all of you, all the listeners who made this show a top chart-ranked show. And thank you to my wife again for being today's guest. <sighs> Nick, you have no idea. Thank you so much for holding down the house and the kids while I was working, while I am recording the pod, while I am out of town, just fucking for everything, for changing my life for real, forever. I love you, baby. Um, K-Town Hustler 3 is coming soon. No cap. Yes, for real. I'm working on it right now. I'm going to start writing that shit out. Thank you to Illegal Cartel, all right, for the strong theme song. Never in a million years I think I'd like a theme song or had a theme song for a show, but I really have a theme song, and it's dope. Uh, thank you, of course, Lakey Inspired, for all the original music. We are using no fucking recycled shit or some other... We are just straight all original at Lakey Inspired. I love you, bro. Thank you so much. Thank you to Master Dynamic for the crystal clear headphones. Best in the game since episode one. I've been rocking with y'all. Uh, thank you to Miles Davis. Thank you to Jordan Winter, a.k.a. The Dust Brothers, for everything that you do. For creating this show with me. For being a support system to me. For giving the world this podcast in HD clarity sound. And of course, fine combing it all down each week 
I love you guys. You've taught me so much about podcasting. Man, I, I just don't know what to say again, man. Dust Brothers, I, I couldn't have done this without you guys. Anyways, behind the baller, Army, Posse, we got to go. I, again, I love you all. We're out. Peace. Straight out the heart of the South Central. K-Town when you show they can get your issue. Pistol poppers, I know killers that won't miss you. Bike gang, saw riders, we so cocky. I'm the cat that packed Kobe on his back after work. 60 points the last game when you left us, it hurt. Hit up death at the store, infant cold berserk. Our PBS is so impressive, we light up the earth. Since birth, I put in work, kick out the district. So many fights on sites, kept getting suspended. It's been balling, your bitch, the luxury lieutenant. This fly shit could be done if I didn't invent it. I'm priority, Master P, there's no limits. I broke the glass ceiling with my first million. I couldn't do it without my wife and all my children. Ain't stopping no time soon, dog. I need a billion. My life is more than money and money. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller I went from playing sports to exotic whips Ain't gotta tell me, dog, I know I'm the shit behind the baller My life is more than money and journey My story's so crazy, dog I said make a movie behind the baller I went from music exec to this podcast Now I finally feel at home and laugh I was the only Asian that had game in Albany High Now I'm on 2K20, dog, don't look surprised Built my enterprise, made my haters realize Even though I'm washed up, not the motherfucker to try Cover your eyes, my shit of Line, I leave you crying, collaboration with Moodle Comedy is just one of a kind. International, used to flip burgers at King, like Martin Luther, bitch, yes, I had a dream. Call up the queen, give up my price for a royal ring. When it's complete, it's still undefeated like the money team. This Mayweather feel better in Jackie Onassis. Pull up on me, you gon' find out who is the fastest. I'm the greatest, but not a Muslim, something like cash. Put the double B logo on side of my glasses. Rest in peace, Nick Plus, you forever last. I'ma keep this shit lit for the homies for hats. My life is more than money and money. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from playing sports to exotic whips. Ain't gotta tell me, dog, I know I'm the shit behind the baller. My life is more than money and journey. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from music exec to this podcast. Now I finally feel at home and laugh. Now everybody got their pennies in a bunch. When I say I'm the number one jewel in the world. It's facts, you know I'm blunt, Drizzy, Drake, Justin B, if you see how they stunt A million dollars in the mouth, now I'm suspicious front It's nigga a piece for the NFL, hungry as bunch Keep feed me, I need breakfast, dinner, and lunch Jay-Z, what type of fun for the rock chain? Rose gold, flip it over and engrave a name I'm legendary, you sensitive cats are so scary When it's showtime, I'm Magic Johnson, James Worthy How about the minivan, rocking my vans, knocking the bass guy? It's what I let her do, it's really not a fucking job Illegal parts of this shit it's so official Behind the ball of this wet Hard work can get you five feet you Oh well, go tell the one who sent you It's been balling your bitch It's been a pleasure to meet Behind you. the ball My life is more than money and journey My story's so crazy, dog I said make a movie behind the ball I went from playing sports to exotic whips Ain't gotta tell me, dog I know I'm the shit behind the ball My life is more than money and journey My story's so crazy, dog I said make a movie behind the ball I went from music exec to this podcast Now I finally feel at home and laugh Behind the ball Take a puff of this BBS and put some luxury in your chest Behind the ball It's not been humble, it's been baller Representing the West Behind the ball I'm just a highly respected shit talking career in the flesh Behind the ball With the dopest podcast, Dust Brothers the best Let's get it